in the hell do you think you're doing? Hey, John Boy. I'm telling you straight, it's my way or the highway. So anybody wants to walk, do it now. Hey, everybody, we're all going to get late. And again, it's picked up. It's Darius Leonard. A pick six for the Maniac. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. Yes, sir. John, I have never been better to be on the air with you here in Indianapolis, a place where so many of my dreams have come true. The Ride with JMV on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Let me tell you this. We all need to be like the Rays, don't we? Winners. Nothing but winning. Now, we don't get to talk around here at least that in-depth and that often about winning, so we might as well talk about some winning. You guys don't care about the Rays. I understand that, but it is winning. One of the um, the 13-game winners to start a Major League Baseball season, am I right about this? Was it the 87 or 88 Milwaukee Brewers? I believe, I believe on this show before, because he was a manager, and Greg Rakestraw is probably listening on his way home right now, typing something out on his phone to tell me, but I believe we had, he was a manager of a Kokomo baseball team. It was Rob Bombardier. You guys remember Rob Deer? Rob Deer was red hot to start out that season with the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, Rob Deer was baseball terms... If you had feast or famine in in the dictionary in terms of baseball, that would Rob Deere's picture would have been right next to it because he was going to hit a home run or he was going to strike out. There was rarely any in between. But that is always the team that I remember that got off to an incredible start. And that's exactly what's going on with the Rays this afternoon. They put up, are you ready for this? They put up seven in the bottom of the fifth. Why don't you? That's uh, pretty cool right there. It is. Listen, I know you don't get that and don't care about that. I understand completely if it's about baseball. You want me to whine about the Reds. You want me to halfway whine and halfway cuss on the Cubs. And you want me to completely cuss out the Cardinals. That's the feeling around here. I understand completely. But that is pretty cool. That level of winning is incredibly fun right there. Starting out the season like it. Nothing like it. Now, meanwhile, as that game is going on over at the Colts Complex, they are meeting with Anthony Richardson. It struck me because I had a bit of a sports arousal. This is going on maybe two weeks ago, something like that, right? After watching the pro day of Anthony Richardson, and I'll say kind of, and I think that's true because I didn't go full bore on this. Um, I, I do. I try to keep a really good attitude about the pro days, and that's why I put so much stock into actually what went on the field. That's why my impressions come down to a snapshot in a game or two most of the time because to me, in that game against Georgia, I was so impressed with Stroud. He just looked the part of that's who you would want leading this Colts team. And I'm not factoring in the leadership quality or stuff like yet. But that's when I thought about Ohio State against Georgia. I know they lost. So you're saying he fits right in. But 
in that Ohio State Georgia game, he just looked like what would be perfect around here. And that's that moment. You know, not so much how he looked against Michigan, not, you know, some of the better times, not some of the worst times. It was that moment against the highest of competition. I said, there's your guy. Now, clearly, nobody around here agrees with that. But that's what I said. I said, that's your guy. And really, it was a thumbnail sketch and my impression on what I thought was a very impressive game. So I would rather do it at least on the field, not so much in the pro day, but you do have to admit, when we were talking about that, that goes back to Major League Baseball's opening day. Remember, we were up at Joe's Grill in Castleton having a blast, and we were talking about that very issue. And uh, talking about Anthony Richardson's pro day, which was incredible. He's meeting with the Colts today. I believe he has the weekend off after this and then is going to end up meeting with the Titans as well. Uh, Levis in Atlanta meeting with the Falcons. And we get closer and closer to Thursday. What is it, two weeks from this evening? We're going to find out exactly the direction the Colts are going to go with their their next quarterback assuming it's going to be their next quarterback and I did see the Matt Miller stuff you know about the possibility of trading down the possibility of not liking what you like at number four and getting more out of it or you know selecting a defensive player and getting more out of it that way I I sit here and while it would make perfectly good sense because of who we're talking about here I can't imagine that I cannot imagine does it not seem and again opinions vary Opinions vary. In about two weeks out, this is where I always drop in the Connecticut water question of the day. Now, with our opinions here, with what we believe, and who knows, again, I mean, Houston now, you've got some smokescreen action going on. You know, if they don't get Bryce Young, maybe they just don't pick a quarterback. What ultimately happens in Arizona at number three. But this is just an assumption that the Colts do draft a quarterback. And in terms of of the three that we likely will talk about, and there may be more, maybe more that are Colts interest-wise, but of the three, who would you guys lean to right now? You take more of a shot at Richardson longer term. You view more Levis as an opportunity. Might there be a wild card in here where somebody slides to you, you get the chance? A lot of you have been on board with, you know, the one that's a little bit older in Hendon Hooker coming off an injury. You have to wait on him to, what, midseason or so to even be ready to play is what they say. Or are you just going to be satisfied that they draft a quarterback? That may be the biggest question of them all because that is what is so entertaining about it is I think some people are just going to be cool if they draft stinking somebody. He'd draft a quarterback and move on, and that is going to be that. So we'll have to put that up there today as a Connecticut water question of the day regarding where they end up going and where you want them. Where would you like to see them go? Right? Yeah, in terms of number four, if indeed that's where they end up drafting, number four, and the quarterback that you would like We'll put that up coming up shortly, the Connecticut water question of the day. I'm sure I'll frame it up a little bit shorter than that, but certainly we will bring that up. All right, NBA action from last night. If you guys watched any of it, pretty good games. 
Pretty good games, 109-105. The Raptors blow a 19-point lead. And this, this may end up being interesting because Nurse Nick, Nick Nurse, there's some conversation about him leaving Toronto. Maybe ending up in Houston, for example. So what I mean by that is it, it sounds like maybe the Raptors are ready to go under some heavy construction, or in this case, some heavy deconstruction. I guess we'll do that with a lot of these teams, but we have probably done it the most. Have we not tried to partner up the Pacers with a team here or there? Have we not done that the most with Toronto? And clearly it's because of the presence of OG Ananobi. That's somebody you know well. Somebody's game that you would like to see translate here in Indianapolis, but might we be watching the Raptors as a potential partner? Because after that, you make the play-in game and you're one and done after yakking up a 19-point lead at home. Somebody is probably going to be on the hook. Somebody or plural, bodies are going to be on the hook. That's not exactly what you're looking for right there. Now, Bulls come from behind, 19 down. They win 109 to 105. Zach Levine had 39. Pascal Siakam had 32. He's one of the names that has commonly been mentioned along with OG and Ananobi. But you would have to suggest that the Raptors will be under that deconstruction that I'm talking about here. And just maybe, just maybe you end up finding a partner of some sort with the Pacers moving forward. We shall see, but I think it is worth watching. Thunder 123, Pelicans 118. Pelicans had a lead in that game as well. I I don't know if you're ever going to see Zion Williamson play. I don't know if you're ever. And I'm going to tell you, he was warming up, didn't play, obviously, but was out there warming up, and he's big. He is big. It, it makes you wonder, too, is it just kind of kicking and screaming here? And really, I should celebrate these guys. Because I wouldn't mind being like these guys. What I'm talking about is, you know, being somebody that is not quite in the best of basketball shape, yet likes to go out there and play well, right? Which uh, clearly these two guys went healthy. Certainly one of the two between Luka and Zion Williamson. One plays consistently at a high level. You ever wonder why somebody doesn't go, hey, you know what? If you were to maybe pinch things up here just a bit. Maybe streamline the operation just a bit more. Maybe this will work out even better than it has. Or do you just get to the point where you go, hey, this is kind of me? Because that's like what me right now. I go, you know what? This is how I want to be. And I'm not too much of this. I'm not too little of that. For me, it's kind of just right. And that's what I tell myself in the mirror all the time. Make myself feel better. Yeah, you know what? It's just right. I want to be here. You know what? Maybe I should eat a salad right now. But you know what? I've eaten salad in my 20s to try to keep this. The guy, I don't want to eat a salad now. You know, maybe I want to have, maybe I want to go over to, uh, you know, get that double cheeseburger, no middle bun from working his friend. Maybe I want to do that. Some onion rings. A little bit different, however. And you, you look at the time that has been wasted for Zion Williamson, too. It's amazing how much time that he has missed. 
I mean, when you consider Zion Williamson in, you know, obviously the time that has been missed, you can make it relatable to Lonzo Ball, but for much different reasons. But the time that has been missed and the time that has been missed for that organization kind of waiting on what they believe is going to be and was going to be their guy just to get back and be able to play, that would be brutal waiting on that. And then you have the Thunder who have like 3,000 first-round picks and they have a bunch of dudes on their team, two dudes, and they have the same thing. Got a couple of Jalen Williams. Uh, the Jalen's are spelled differently. They are fun to watch. Josh Giddy, the Australian guard, is really good. Had, what, 30-plus, I think, last night? 31, in fact. You got Giddy and Dort and Gilgus Alexander. That's probably the one guy that you do know. He had a struggling first half and a really nice second half. They are fun to watch once you sift through all these first-round picks. And I'm assuming that they have a pretty good map, a pretty good guideline or path as to what they want to do. Right now, it's just like getting ready for the winter like you're a squirrel in a tree and you're a bunch of nuts. Let's go ahead and stuff all these nuts in this tree right here. Like hoarding first-round picks. It's like hoarders. Hoarders NBA. But they can be, and we saw them obviously twice, once here and then once on the road. And that road game got ugly. They can be fun to watch. They were fun to watch last night and have been at least offensively most of the season. So, listen, if you paid attention last night, you may have been introduced, maybe reintroduced, so to speak, to a team you haven't paid a lot of attention to. And in that second game in particular, I thought it was a pretty good time. But again, you look back at the Bulls and Raptors, Maybe there's something with this Raptors team that we will revisit coming up further down the road in this offseason. I got this yesterday, and it just makes me wonder. This is the reason why I ask, and I think Chad Buchanan, the general manager of the Pacers, on the show coming up next week, and I will ask him that too because I'm just curious. Not so much about from your standpoint because, listen, I've won. The whole Miles Turner thing I won. I feel good about that. Like me and my friend Greg, we won that. We stuck to it, stuck it out. He got extended, had a really good season. So we won that. And believe me, we've been through a lot of stuff. There was a point in time like three years ago or so where every game, man, it was just like my Twitter handle's funny anyway, right? But it really got funny after a Miles game where Miles didn't play well which sometimes you saw a bit of a consistency, unfortunately, for me in that category. But I asked the question yesterday, I think it was of Tony East. Actually, I asked both Tony East and Bowen yesterday. Bowen Bowen has been a big-time 33 hater. As much as he wants to cushion it, you know, he'll throw a little misdirection at you in the morning. Oh, here's Bob Costas. I'm teaching his niece. We'll talk to Bob Costas. He'll try to... Give you a bit of a misdirection, but yeah, he hadn't been on board with this. He's been a hater. <laughs> Me and my friend Greg that stuck to it. Oh, yeah, Mike Mike Hickman in Beach Grove, like three of us. That's it. But I brought up the question. I'm going to ask Chad Buchanan this coming up next week. When you look at this now, since the Pacers season is complete, when you look at this and go all the way back to the midsummer when – you saw DeAndre Ayton 
Sign that offer sheet. I remember this well. So we're in the Backyard Bourbon Broadcast. We're at Sleater's Place up in Fishers. Great. This is a great backyard, and it absolutely pissed and poured. <laughs> it was, I mean, it was ridiculously rainy and stormy that day. You know, one of the few, when we have these backyard bourbon broadcasts, one of the few that actually have to suffer due to the weather conditions. Normally, they're awesome. If anything else, they're really hot, which I can take, but it was absolutely pouring. And the one thing that stands out for that is we had about a 45 to 50-minute period to where that was one of the larger topics that we had to discuss over the past year. And that was the offer sheet that the Pacers signed DeAndre Ayton to. But if you remember, it literally was 50 minutes, maybe an hour. I'll give it an hour. And then Phoenix ended up matching it. So you went to, what if? What are you going to do here? How does Miles feel about that? So what's going on tap for Miles? You know, how does Ayton fit in? You went all that conversation, which was an absolute overload. You went from that to being back at square one. And most of you went, oh, yeah, 33 is back great. So those that were anti-33, which is a lot of you, most of you out there, not anymore maybe, but most of you then, you were very disappointed. You had about an hour, let's just say, of actual discussion. But it got me thinking, and thinking yesterday, and I will do this with Chad Buchanan, the Pacers general manager, next week. I'm going to add, listen, I know you're you're going to take the diplomatic approach. There's no doubt, like Kevin Pritchard would too. Now, Kevin Pritch is going to tell you I love where we are right now, but it does make you wonder, doesn't it? Makes you wonder how they feel. Are they glad that the Suns match that? Do they, you think, have any interest? Any wonders how Aiden would have fit in? Had that actually happened? Had that worked out? What might have happened? Well, you may have done with Miles. Like, listen, from my standpoint, I absolutely love it. I love it. And the other thing that you saw about it, too, is is worth more than any of us having this conversation is the effect that Halliburton, for example, had on Miles. I mean, that was the other thing, too. I mean, Miles figured out this season that – Whereas he had talked openly before about L.A., I think the Clippers had been brought up. Listen, there was like a New Orleans Pelicans rumor out there seemingly every six months for about three years with him. And just like there was a Charlotte rumor. How many times did somebody come on here and had him traded for P.J. Washington to Charlotte? About a half a dozen times. There was a rumor always to his hometown of Dallas. But the one thing that is really good, the one thing that is fortunate for 33 and fortunate for this team is that he also recognized that that grass isn't always greener. You know, even if you had to go through a lot of crap to get to where you are right now, you do realize, just like the Pacers realize that, hey, you know what? These two guys play really well together. Miles realized that, too. Uh, where else are you going to go, logically speaking here, but where else are you going to go? I mean, think about those teams I just named there. Where else are you going to go, again, logically, to where you're going to get a similar opportunity with a more than willing and elite-level passer out there? 
and I'll add this too. I've said willing and elite level passer. How about an elite level decision maker? You can go ahead and merge the two right there. Willing passer, elite passer, an elite decision maker. So this had to occur to Miles Turner. As much as it occurred to you finally, and then ultimately to the organization, you know, Miles realizes that, you know, wow, you got this up and coming thing right here. This is not so bad. You know, everybody kind of learned to play a little bit of defense here. You add some pieces, who knows what it's going to be around here. So a lot of realizations happened in the offseason, and a lot of realizations happened, especially if you do want to mark the tape at that time when they made that offer sheet to DeAndre Ayton and what we thought about that, and then how long it took for you to forget about that once this team started playing. And they started putting up numbers, started to impress you. Even if they didn't make the postseason, they still impressed you. They impressed you to the point to where you were interested. I mean, you are now invested, right? When's the last time as a Pacer fan did you feel disappointed in no postseason action? Because that sucks. But invested in the future because you have a belief. And how different is that feeling right now to how you may feel about the football team in town? I know football's fun. You like going to bullseye. You like to have a party before. You like going to the games, and that's great. But, man, more than that, you also want to pay off. I can talk all the time about, listen, you go to bullseye, and it doesn't matter what happens in the stadium. Your game day experience is made. That's one of the things I say all the time. But to a lot of you, that's not altogether true. There's no Listen, there's no doubt you have a great party at Bullseye. Have and always will. But you still are invested in this football team enough to know that the party scene's not going to be enough. You want to see some results. You want to see some hope in this case. You don't want to see anywhere near what was the absolute travesty. What was the clown show? that you saw a year ago. So just beyond beyond the drafting of a new quarterback, beyond, for example, my conversation with Gardner Minshew yesterday, there is so much to like about him. It is tough. There is so much to like about him, but I think I value my opinion enough about this team that I can tell you I, I would rather – you get the ball rolling on the quarterback of the future you believe in. And I guess maybe I should go ahead and better say that. I think that it would be better if you drafted somebody that would be ready. And I don't know where that particular gray area is between drafting somebody, because you could easily say, you know, for example, hell, I don't know if Will Levis is ready for anything. You assume that Stroud, you assume that Bryce Young is ready, but I don't know if Levis is ready for anything. And I, I saw my friend BT Dew sent me the um, the article that Anthony Richardson had written and, and talked about how, you know, he, you hear all the criticism out there, uh, but I'm ready for this and I'm ready to be full on in until the job is done. And again, I'm just paraphrasing on that, but still – there's going to be a matter of time. He doesn't look like a dude that's going to be ready right then and right there. He looks like he's probably going to take more time than anybody else. 
So how do you feel about that? Would you rather draft somebody in the case of, let's just say, for example, a Levis that may, may be ready to go a little bit quicker? You may get to see a lot more of in the rookie season or somebody like Richardson where you, you do see you see an endless ceiling of athlete. But what you have to be proven, what has to be proven to you is the level of quarterback play. Those are a couple of the questions you have to ask yourself. And the same can be said because you get a weight on the injury with Endon Hooker. And again, they may be saying the same thing in Charlotte, maybe saying the same thing in Houston about the two quarterbacks that they're likely going to draft. It just seems like, especially at four, there is more of a question mark, and it depends on what side you might be on, how much patience that you have, how much you expect to see as to what you believe that this Colts team should do. Uh, we'll discuss that. The voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor, is going to drop in here coming up in the 4 o'clock hour. Mike Chappell is going to be here per usual every Thursday coming up after 5. But I also have a lot of questions here locally to ask. There's a rumor regarding Jeff Teague at Pike. Got a lot of coaching openings around the state. High school basketball, some of those are being filled. Some aren't. The Indiana All-Star team, the talent that is moving around from the state inside the transfer portal. And uh, the Max Clark kid from Franklin that somebody pointed out to me the other day, he is just an incredibly high-level baseball player. I remember talking to Ryan Wolf, whose son Reese is a freshman in Martinsville, who's already uh, committed, I believe, to Notre Dame, who is a fantastic athlete, a fantastic baseball player and basketball player, but certainly baseball player. And I remember Ryan Wolf because our daughters played on the same basketball team years ago telling me about you know, Max Clark. And at the time, I really didn't know too much about him, but you hear more and more, see more and more now. And there is nobody better to ask all of these questions and to educate us on those thoughts than Kyle Ned and Rip of the Star. And he's set to join us coming up on the other side. Meantime, 239 1070. Email address is 1075thefan.com. Inside the lounge via YouTube Live, I will open it up to all comers coming up in a minute. And again, that conversation normally is a little bit different than the one we have on the air. And uh, it's very fun, very enjoyable. So I promise you will enjoy it. You can watch, you can listen, and you can participate inside the lounge via YouTube Live. HD radio is a great sound, fantastic sound. And by the way, those of you that are asking, I mean, Todd Myers on me too. I know, I know that English Beat is playing at the Vogue tonight. I got to give that some love. You're going to get some English Beat and you're going to get some general public, which is awesome. And that is at the Vogue. That kind of snuck on or snuck up on us, I think, a little bit, did it not? But I promise you this, I promise you a damn good time. Dave Wakeling. Now, the lead of English Beat, the lead of General Public, I'm assuming on their way from a show last night in St. Louis to the Vogue later on tonight. So if you plan on going to that thing or just now hearing about it, you probably should go because that will be an outstanding show. I'm still kind of on the fence. I got to do pick a daughter up from a practice. I mean, Blake's got uh, prom on Saturday. The whole tux things. Can we get a little bit of stuff to do? 
a little bit of muddy water right now. But if you want to go and you got the time at the Vogue in Broad Ripple tonight, that will be spectacular. I promise you that. Otherwise, 239-1070. Your calls, Kyle Neddenrip, Matt Taylor, Mike Chappell, all coming up on the show. 93.5107 by the fan. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. The Ride with JMV. No, this isn't an argument. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. It's just contradiction. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. It is not. It is. <laughs> you just contradicted me. No, I didn't. Oh, you did. No, 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 no. You did just no, then. No, no, nonsense. Oh, look, this is futile. No, it isn't. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. That, my friends, general public right there. Vogue tonight. Check it out. My calls to get to coming up in a minute, too. A lot of your responses to what I was talking about a little bit earlier. John Dishauer saying that the Colts select Levis or Richardson. See, I love it, too. And this is not John's fault. This just does it. Um, anytime that you type in or say the word, I guess you're typing in the word Levis, it automatically spell checks to Levi's. So when the Colts draft him at number four overall, uh, normally, when you're going to you're going to send that out to your friends, and it's going to say Levi's and not Levis, it always does that. Like one of the really bad things, you know, other than the uh, timing of your retirement that happened during the Andrew Luck era around here was with all of our phones, and maybe it's just mine. For some reason, the spell check defers to Lick over luck so i probably sent 50 percent of my text to people regarding andrew luck that actually said andrew lick which is weird so you're gonna have to battle that too if the fourth overall selection coming up two weeks from tonight is will levis because it'll be turned into levi's dish hour writes this levis or richardson at four it will set the organization back five years this team is far from complete Take the top available talent at four. What John is suggesting here, that it's defensive player all the way and just eat it. Go with Uncle Rico, as we talked to yesterday, podcast 107.5thefan.com. And then if you have to, you do it again next year, which logically you would have to. Now Jason Ellis says, hashtag crummy for Caleb 2024. Get back to that in just a second. Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline from the Indianapolis Star. I don't know if he takes any time off because you've got baseball season, and if he has to cover a track and field event, those things are like nine hours long. Kyle Neddenrip joins us right now. Baseball, softball, track and field, tennis, what do you mostly cover this time of year? Oh, most well, David Woods uh, retired last uh, year, so I, he's helping me out doing some track. I'm going to be doing some track stuff, probably uh, probably some uh, golf. And then uh, we got uh, Brian Henschen and Akeem Glasby are kind of doing a lot of our softball nice. and uh, baseball stuff. So, yeah, I mean, kind of frees me up to do some some things that, uh, you know, some, some track events and looking forward to that. Actually, yeah, I was getting out and covering some of that. I was at a track event last night, actually the Ron Colley softball team. And 
and uh, King and Rothrock were playing uh, just mm-hmm. across the parking lot. But yeah, my kid last night ran in the 3200, and I go, what is wrong with you? Why do you want to do this? <laughs> What's happening? I have a kid who's actually pretty good at running, and I don't know why or don't know how that happened. I have no idea. Uh, must have been skipped a generation or multiple generations or something. Yeah, I, I, would have, I would have had my nipples chafed and quit like – in the first half lap, seriously, <laughs> I got man, this hurts too bad. I'm not doing this. Thirty two hundred. So the only time I did track was one. I get tired of baseball. I did track one year and did the uh, long jump, and uh, you know that was enough. Went back to baseball, but uh, but yeah, I my sisters did uh, track and long distance, and and I have nothing but respect for those those kids who do that because that's a that's a lot of work and not a lot of limelight, and it, it's uh, you know it, it's it's a mental sport for sure. So uh, tip my hat to them. It's uh, Kyle Nedenrip of the Star with us. So I got the lowdown about three years ago or so from Ryan Wolf, whose son Reese is a freshman now, a good baseball player, basketball player in his own right at Martinsville, told me about the legend that is Max Clark down in Franklin. And we're just now really starting to get uh, a lot of pub regarding this baseball player down in Johnson County. What have you seen? What do you know about this kid? Well, yeah, I mean, he's, uh, you know, and the cool thing about him is not only is he obviously a big-time baseball player, and he's probably going to go, you know, the top of the draft somewhere, uh, but, but you know, been a multi-sport guy, you know, continued to play football. Yep. You know, he had to fit it into his, uh, you know, his, his national baseball schedule, which he had stuff going on last fall. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, he, he's a phenomenal athlete, uh, you know, great uh, – you know, seems like a great kid too. You know, he really gets along well with everybody. And, and, uh, you know, I think what they're projecting now, and just talking to Akeem actually earlier today about this, but he covers him quite a bit, but, you know, he, he said, I think there's two college guys who may, you know, go at the top of that, uh, at that draft. But then, you know, after that, you know, he could go, you know, probably three potentially or somewhere in there, uh, which is a, uh, obviously you're going to make a lot of money and, and have a chance to, you know, you're going to be in the minor leagues first, obviously, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it just seems like he's, he's one of those guys that, you know, he, he's, he's filled every, um, you know, every projection of him, but he's, he's filled it, you know, and then to this point, at least anyway. So, but I think it's cool. You know, the cool thing to me is he's continued to do yep. other sports, Agreed. you know, and that's, that's pretty rare anymore. And it's hard to do, you know, and, and I know it's very hard to do, but for an athlete like that, I think it's cool that he's contributed to his community, you know, and I know that means something to him. So uh, that, I, you know, again, that's, that's one of the cool things I think that, that he's done that uh, maybe others can also look to be able to do. I'm glad you brought up staying with the multi-sport format because either either it's frowned upon most of the time or especially when you get to that level you're just thinking all right i'm not going to mess with anything else it's going to be full-time here it's few and far between guys that end up kids in this case that end up considering his level of expertise right now at such a young age continue to play multi-sports in high school i love that yeah, I mean, as you know, and I, I remember checking in with him last summer. I was like, you know, Max, you, you're going to keep playing football, and he's like, yeah, he's like, no doubt. I mean, I'm going to keep playing, and and uh, you know, it just it, it meant something to him to do that for his community and his school, and and keep playing with the guys he's been playing with, and uh, you know, I thought that was really neat of him. But yeah, I mean, it is, and I understand. You know, it, it's just different. You know, it's it's year round more than ever. Uh, if you want to even even for some kids, not even talking about Max, but you know, kids who are 
more normal athletes, you know, you're going to have to probably choose at some point, especially at the bigger schools where, you know, the competition for even getting on a team, you know, so I, I completely get that. And, uh, but, you know, in Max's situation, he could have easily said, you know what? I mean, obviously, you know, he's, you know, he's going to be, this is his future is baseball. And he could have said to heck with it, you know, that that's what I'm going to do, but he didn't. And uh, I don't, you know, I'm not saying he made the, you know, I'm not saying other kids make the wrong decision necessarily, but I just thought it was neat. You know, a kid in his position did that, and that's something I think a lot of people will probably remember that. You know, when he when his career is over with, um, you know, years from now, it would be like, oh yeah, he's he continued playing and and you know kept playing for his school and and there I think there's something. Uh, something unique and cool about that yeah, especially in a world in which it's not done that way could you make an argument kyle that the state of indiana could might have the best high school softball and baseball players yeah i mean it's a it's, again you know keegan rothrock from ron Colley, you know is winning all these national awards and you know and and with max i mean that that you could easily make that uh you know, that uh, designation, I think. And I, I don't even know, you know, I don't even remember when that could have happened or, you know, if we've ever been anywhere close to that, even in, even in other sports, you know, that, so that's just, uh, you know, that that's pretty phenomenal. And two kids who are relatively close, you know, geographically to one another. So, you know, it's just, it's pretty rare, you know, and, and uh, you just, even in as great a basketball as we've had around here, it's just, it's, you know, it's obviously you're, you're talking about a very small percentage of kids who are even up for that type of designation. But, but yeah, I mean, that's how, how, how cool is that? How rare is that? I, I don't even know. You know I can't imagine it's ever happened here. Has it? I mean, I, I can't, yeah, I can't even think of any, anything close to that. Yeah, so me either. Uh, that's yeah. pretty amazing. That's pretty amazing to think about too. And when we talk about, we've talked about this for years, but the, you know, in terms of football, we've talked about its growth, certainly, certainly here, because we were always so much known, even before you got here as being, you know, so basketball intensive, basketball focused, but you know, the way that football has certainly grown and then you see, you know, what's happening in, in both baseball and softball as well. It's pretty impressive around here it is. It is, yeah, and some of those sports that probably um, you know don't get the attention or you know, maybe the national recognition, uh, you know, and we've been we've been good at you know for for a long time here, and and you know I think football is one that you know is maybe more. Uh, you know, on the come up here in the last 15, 20 years, as far as the overall number, you know, there's always been good players. It's just maybe the overall number of, of talented players going to play division one now uh, is probably higher than it's it's been in the past. Just the depth of, of classes and guys going to play in the big 10 and things like that. So, um, you know, so I, I, that's a cool thing. And, and, you know, obviously these other sports that are uh, maybe a little bit more out of the limelight too, you know, and track and field, I mentioned David Woods earlier, he's covered a lot of those kids. You know, he always you know he always says in track and field there may not be the depth in Indiana, but the you know Indiana punches above its weight on a national level. You know those kids who who uh, you know the Indiana's been very good at you know the the USA track and field and and uh, you know Olympic. Uh, you know, events and things like that. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, that's another sport where, you know, again, it's, it's, it's done really well on a national stage for our state. Kyle uh, Nedrip, the stars of the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. I'm assuming this is still at rumor stage and nothing more, but any latest, anything at all regarding the Jeff Teague rumor that's been running rampant as far as going back to his high school at Pike to be the head coach? Anything at all? I mean, definitely some 
some smoke there and, and I think some interest. Um, you know, last I had, you know, been in conversation uh, over there at Pike and, and it hadn't come to fruition as far as, uh, you know, an accepting of the job or even the job being closed as far as that goes, um, you know. So so that's still sort of in the, you know, in those stages. Um, and, you know, I know there's obviously something, uh, you know, to the rumor and there's interest there. I think they can definitely say that. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see. He's been working as a scout uh, with the Atlanta Hawks and uh, been doing that uh, for the last I think two years now, uh, if my timeline's right. So, uh, you know, that obviously if that happens, it would be a huge splash. And, and, uh, you know, that's, a <laughs> that would be a really big, uh, big deal. I think for Pike, um, you know, now it does it, how does it translate? I don't know. You know, it's, it's, you don't know. I mean, there's a, but I think they would generate some excitement as far as the program goes. And, you know, I know a lot of those players over the years that, uh, you know, Pike basketball means a lot to, and there's a ton of success uh, in their in their past history, and even recently, you know, have been a really good program. Uh, went to the state finals in uh, 2012, and then you know had some really good teams that have been knocked off in the, in a really tough sectional by you know, some good Southport and Ben Davis teams over the years too. But but uh, yeah, I think that would do a lot. You know, if it does happen uh, to to generate a lot of interest in the program, and and Sean Teague has been you know he's been the assistant over there under Bill Zick, so. So, you know, there's some continuity uh, with the Teague family even uh, over at Pike. So, you know, and, and uh, you know, they are – I went over there, I think it was right during the pandemic even in 2020 and wrote a story about the factory over there on the west side where, you know, Sean and Marcus and and, uh, and Jeff uh, got that thing off the ground. And, you know, so they're entrenched in the on the west side and, and you know, people know them. You know, they're, I think they – uh, obviously their name carries a lot of weight as far as that goes in high school basketball and, and certainly at Pike. So, you know, if that does happen, I think it'd just be, it'd be really interesting. And, uh, you know, we'd definitely be curious, you know, what happens next with that program because there are, there's some good talent always in, in the Pike system. So, uh, you know, there's, there's always players and, you know, it's just a matter of uh, – kind of turning the corner you're in a you're in a sectional again and a your rival ben davis is is going 33 and 0 so i know uh, a lot of the pike alumni you know are right. uh, are wanting to go head to head and, and beat them so you know when you see a rival doing that well i, I think it kind of gets the uh, blood going a little bit kyle final quick thing here um really a high level of high level job openings in high school basketball at the end of the high school basketball season. Is there a reason for this or is it just a coincidence in this off season? You know, that's a good question. I talked to people about that and I, I think it's more coincidence, but you know, we did a, a story during the season about sort of some of the issues, uh, high school coaches, you know, what, what's your, your number one issue you're dealing with? And we did it anonymously, but, but it was interesting to read, you know, some of those things that, you know, the, it's the time commitment. It's the, the parent, uh, you know, um, issues at times, not all, not all programs have that, not all parents are bad necessarily at all, but, uh, but I know it can weigh on coaches. And I think that's why you see coaches probably, uh, getting out earlier uh, than they do, but you know, I know Coach Gooden over at, at Lawrence Central. He he thought about uh, um, retiring at, at one point, and you know, so I wasn't surprised by that one necessarily. And Mark James, uh, you know, 
Perry Meridian just not a lot of, of talent right now, and he wants to coach again, and, and I think he will. Um, and then you had, you know, that, that Mount Vernon opening that, you know, that is a huge uh, – that's a really good job. You know, I know there's a lot of interest in that job as well. Um, you know, so I think it's it's partly some of that and then partly just kind of coincidence this year, but there is a lot. I mean, Southport's open, uh, like I mentioned, Perry, Pike, um, you know, a lot of, lot of local – Is Warren uh, still open too? Warren is open, correct? Yeah, that one's open. Uh, you know, that's that's a job that's had some turnover here in the last uh, you know several years. Uh, LC uh, open? LC's open. Yeah, Coach Good stepped down. I knew there's a reason yeah. why I asked you that. That's a lot. <laughs> it is a lot. It's yeah. more than I can remember, at yeah. least as far as the big jobs go. So yeah, that it is interesting, and and who knows that where guys end up going could create more uh, domino effect uh, that way. So. Uh, it keeps uh, keeps me busy, I guess, or keeps <laughs> yeah, keeps keeps the uh, you know keeps the wheels turning as far as uh, basketball goes. Anyway, so always awesome to have you on, man. Thanks for uh, talking this up. We'll have you back once um, we get a little bit deeper in this baseball season because I do find it interesting that you know you can make a really strong argument that you have in this state and in this area, really from Johnson County, because I know Keegan. Goes to Ron Colley, but I believe Keegan is from Johnson County, and Max Clark is from Johnson County. I believe that you have two Johnson County natives that could be the best in softball and in baseball in high school in this nation, and that's a hell of an honor right there. That's pretty cool. It is really cool. Yeah, I agree. And uh, yeah, as always, appreciate you having me on, John. Anytime. Thank you, Kyle. You bet. We'll see you. Kyle Neddenrip of the Stars on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Potline. Always outstanding to get you updated on a lot of things right there. We'll continue to follow that Pike story regarding Teague as well. But the softball-baseball thing is really cool. Quick one. We'll come back. Matt Taylor, top of the hour. Mike Chappell, 5 o'clock hour. Your calls, if you're on hold, I'll get back at you next. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. The Ride with JMV. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. And no doubt about it. DeMar DeRozan's daughter, nine-year-old daughter yelling last night. Can you get the sound of that, James, when you get a minute to? I would, that was outstanding stuff. Unless you were, like, right there. <laughs> if you're right there in that general area, maybe not so much. But for a team that gave up a 19 point, 19 point second half lead, you could blame it on that too, I guess. It was outstanding stuff last night. Thanks to Kyle Ned and Rip of the Star for joining us. A lot of stuff right there regarding the high school level and maybe some stuff you, you didn't know, but we need to make you keenly aware of as we're in the midst of the spring season right now. Some really good stories. And uh, we'll continue to follow those. Matt Taylor, top of the hour. Draft is just two weeks away from tonight. Not that. Finally going to get past it. DeMar DeRozan's daughter at the Bulls-Raptors game last night when the Raptors were shooting free throws, it sounded like this. Tell me life is really good for him right now. He's in a good headspace coming in. I mean, uh, in terms of the total number or the yeah. quality of shots, I'm, <laughs> you, com- I'm comfortable. 
Underrated passer doing a nice job. <laughs> yes. All right. Do we give that a thumbs up or a thumbs down? Yeah, decorum wise, I don't know. You gonna give that a thumbs up or a thumbs down? <laughs> 18 to 36, it had an effect. Scotty Barnes heard DeMar's daughter yelling. <laughs> I think that's funny. It was last night of the play-in game. Bulls, 19 points down, come from behind, get a win. Zach Levine had 39 in that victory. Nothing tonight. Uh, both those play-in games to wrap up the play-in tournament. Uh, that is coming up tomorrow night. 239-1070. Tim is up first today. Tim, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. Just two quick um, One, I'm hearing a lot of noise on uh, stations about uh, Texans not drafting a quarterback. Right. And two, if, if we do go with Minshew, because I got a feeling that uh, – uh, first of all, Ballard could care less what anybody thinks but himself. Um, if we go with Minshew, is there a chance you think we could win the South with Minshew and other pieces? And I'll hang up and listen to you. Tim, thank you very much. I like Gardner Minshew a great deal. He was fun as hell to have on the show, but absolutely not. And it's not all because of him either. But no. Cannot see it. Cannot see it. What Anybody else see it? Because I don't. I could talk to Gardner Minshew every day, but that I do not see. Listen, I, I understand so many of you right now are saying, yeah, I'm unsure about this four. I'm unsure about this quarterback's class. Like I said, I think it's going to go Stroud, Young, whatever the hell. Arizona ends up doing it three, either trading, somebody coming in, and until I hear otherwise, I could be completely wrong. I'm just saying I'm giving you my educated opinion that you don't hear anybody else like saying anything like that, do you? It's not like I'm trying to step out here, and I've been consistent with it. But I still think it's going to be Levis at four. All right, quick one, we'll come back. Billy, I see you there. John Martin, you're right. This playing tournament's entertaining. I love the format. It's like happy hour before the main course. Talk about a sweet appetizer. Is that like a spinach artichoke dip, John, at your table? Anybody like spinach artichoke dip? Look at James over there shaking his head. Is it like the swamp nachos at Shallows down in Greenwood? Anybody ever have the swamp nachos? Kind of like that, right? A little good appetizer before the main course. Billy on hold. Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts on the other side. 93.5107.5 The Fan. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. The Ride with JMV. I love JMV. He looks like Rascal Flats guy. Got a cool soul patch. Lot he does, and a buttery smooth voice. Oh, yeah. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Uh, John Martin, you're right about the playing tournament. I think it's entertaining. Appreciate you. Completely agree with that, though. 
Yeah, I um, I'll get back to that with you guys coming up in a minute. More of the conversation regarding what we were talking about, bailing into that. Hey, my appetizer choice, by the way, would be the big fried soft pretzel you get at Taxman Bargersville. Taxman Bargersville. Haven't been in a while, but I dig that. Uh, JMV, I've never understood the point of a middle bun. Me either. I would agree. Does the Big Mac still have a middle bun, too? I know that you're going to be shocked by this. I I don't think I've had a Big Mac in 30 years. <laughs> Andy Moore on the Motive Group Hotline. As he's shocked, we'll bring him in. Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts, is with us. When's the last time you had a Big Mac? Man, 1998, maybe like middle school. Yeah, it's been about it's never, been about never, 30 years for me. A, never really was a big Big Mac guy. Uh, I always like growing up. I always got like I always went for if I was hungry, I went for quantity over quality at yep. McDonald's. I got like the 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 double cheeseburger, the yeah. two cheeseburger meal. Right, that seemed yeah. a better play. Because back then the double cheeseburger was ninety nine cents on their menu. Yeah, so you go with that. <laughs> I, I will say this: there's there's a timeline that somebody can look up. I have not had a Big Mac since their sandwiches were in styrofoam containers. That's the last time I had a Big Mac. It was in a styrofoam container. Are they not anymore? Nah, they're in, they've been in cardboard or paper or whatever the hell that is for years now. I think. But that, somebody could find wow. the timetable on it. So it would at least be back to that transition because of evil styrofoam to our planet. So that's the last that's time the right la- there. I, I remember the styrofoam. Yeah, because you they used to put your fries. It was it was a great fry container. That's when they yeah. wanted you to sit there and eat. But now, now what they want to do, they said, all right, we want you to come in here, buy our food, and get the hell out. We don't want you sitting here. <laughs> I, 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 maybe I had the cardboard, but I, I remember like the the foldable, like it folded over, mm. and then you, yeah, you did, you put your you, yeah. you, you put your fries on the other half of it, and then it's like a tray, yeah, yes, yeah, that that housed your ketchup and the whole setup there. I do, I have to tell you, we were coming back from spring break uh, about two weeks ago, and we went to Florida, so we're driving back, and. We got lucky. The kids are in the back of the car. They're getting restless, naturally. And we stopped at a McDonald's just north of Nashville. And we got lucky. They had one of those, like, indoor playscapes. Like, we didn't plan it that way, but we got lucky. So the kids got out of the car. They kind of stretched their legs. They played in the indoor playground there in McDonald's in Nashville. And we sat there for, like, maybe a half an hour just to let them play. And just, it was in the middle of the day on a Friday, maybe like at 2 o'clock, so like a late lunch. Like, I just wanted to count the number of customers, even then, even like in a non-peak yeah. time, the number of customers that were in and out, to your point, of McDonald's. Yeah. I mean, just the number of customers on a daily basis the average McDonald's gets. Yes. And it's just a gold mine. They just print money. It is. I, there's no, there's nothing like a Chick-fil-A. Is there ever a time? Oh and And <laughs> with those many vehicles and that much chaos going on, it is amazing. Where do they find these teenagers that can execute this plan like they do? Right. And all of them. It's incredible. And they seem to be they seem to be a cut above in terms of uh politeness and you know, just being I don't know what the right word is, you know, cognitive and 
you know, respectful. And but the thing is, like, we make fun of like it's down the street. Oh, they're putting in a, another McDonald's. What yeah. do we need another McDonald's for? Well, guess what? People go. And people will, you know, funnel in and out of that thing like a factory. So we make fun of it, but yet we still do it. And and they're putting it there for a reason. It's amazing. I mean, even now, because clearly they don't want you coming. They just say, okay, we're going to make this as impersonal of a process as possible. (laughs) You go, (laughs) there's no human contact whatsoever. So get your bag of food and get the hell out of Dodge. That's what we want you to do. and now you don't even need to do that because you can order it head on the app, and that yeah. way you don't have to talk to anybody. You just go in there and pick up your bag and leave. That's, that's that. By the way, in 1990 is when McDonald's transitioned from styrofoam containers. So it has been wow. my Big Mac consumption has been at least all the way back <laughs> to 1990. So Yeah, I think I probably had the cardboard then. But I do remember the you fold it over, and then you house the, the ketchup and the fries on the other half of it. That was genius. Yeah, well, I mean, they've had great, like the McDLT, remember? Hot on the hot side, cold on the cold side. That was brilliant. No, no. See, I didn't do any weird sandwiches. <laughs> I, I I go to McDonald's for one thing and one thing only. I'm playing the hits. I'm not getting right. the McRib, right? I'm not getting the McFlurry. I'm not getting anything with MC in front of it unless it's a burger. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah, you don't want to get the... Uh, I'm not getting the McFish. The fish, I'm not yeah. doing that. Yeah, see ya. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. I, listen, I don't know why. If you're in what south of Nashville or north of Nashville, did you say on your way home from spring break? Yeah, we were just a little bit north of Nashville. Yeah, that's got to be that's got to be a, a regional spot that you can't get around here. That's what vacations for. You can get a McDonald's around here. That's got to be like a Whataburger or a Crystal, or and I know that's the same as Rallies. Or no, I'm sorry, the same as White Castle. That's you know that's going to be a Bojangles, something like that. Okay, yeah, Whataburger to me, my experience from Whataburger and. I've only had it maybe like one time, and that yeah. was five, six years ago. But that, that to me was a little bit be- like a step up above Burger King. Have you had that same experience? I, I liked it down there, but it, it doesn't take too much for me, buddy. I just thought, hey, I'm at Whataburger. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> yeah. So it doesn't take too much. I was, I was digging it. Did you hear Lance McAllister on the show the other day? No, I heard you talking about having a mom, but I didn't hear it. Going off on the Reds and their bullpen. Can you imagine? Like, I will say this about them. I, I, I have fun Watch. They're a fun group to watch until they show the bullpen. And then it just makes you want to vomit. That's when it really goes back to being the Red Legs baseball that we so much hate right, is when they go to the bullpen. But there are other aspects of this team that I think are really enjoyable. And I'm the most pessimistic of those that are pessimistic about it. And that's been Reds baseball for the last four years. Seemingly, it's been fun and enjoyable at the the beginning of the season for the first seven innings until they go to the bullpen. I mean, how many many more games already should they have won? I mean, they're four and seven, four and eight. They should have at least – have four more wins to this point. They the bullpen has blown what six games, I think, or have, that's have directly yeah. contributed to six losses. I think been right there for it. You know, they they blew the two games against Philly. Uh, they blew three straight games, losing by one run to the Braves, getting swept in Atlanta. Uh, I mean, listen, this team's not going to contend for anything significant. Don't get me wrong; like I'm not trying to go there, but. I mean, how much longer do they just continue to seemingly not address it? And if you don't address it adequately, it just means you're either 
you, you don't know what you're doing or you don't care. And that's what's frustrating as a Reds fan is like it's just yeah the, the rebuild is you're, 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 you continue to hit the reset button. And I, I understand like the dynamics of baseball. I'm not naive to that. But like give me something to get somewhat excited about before they're mathematically done by the time we get to Mother's Day. Yeah. And that's yeah. just. It's been a long time. It really, I mean, depressing. It is depressing. I just, I mean, I've, I've got, I've got a little bit to double back. We were on spring break, and I looked at my wife. I said, "Tomorrow's opening day. Like, no fanfare, no hype. It's just like, oh, here it is." And yeah, two weeks in, you know, we're already having these, uh, you know, team team wide uh, epidemics in the bullpen. Yeah, that's exactly what Lance McAllister was talking about, and he was irate over the bullpen and the fact that the last three years it's been the same old thing. And he brought yep. up the fact that if there is the, – the easiest place to really do some work and get better is that of the bullpen. And the refusal of either you know ownership to allow it or Nick Crawl to, to do it, execute right. it, recognize it, whatever – I mean, it, it's depressing, especially when you look at their, their positional players, especially I like. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't start out knowing, like, two of them. But now I watch them <laughs> and I go, man, these guys, they can be fun to watch. And they go at it so hard, and they're right there. You know, you tie or you take a lead, and then the bullpen comes right. in and screws everything over. Right. I mean, they're going to score on average about four runs a game, hopefully more than that, you know, on a, on a night-to-night basis. But – yeah, I mean, they, they've had plenty of output offense where they should have a better record than they already do to this point, and that's what's frustrating is, uh, again, there was a complete overreaction to the pandemic, in my opinion. Now, it's easy for me to say that. It's not my money, right? It's not my franchise. I'm not looking at the budget sheet, and I'm not looking at all these negative numbers. But guess what? Every other small market team in baseball was in the same situation, and the Reds seem to have overreacted more so than, than most teams. Yeah. Um, they, they could have competed a couple of years ago post-pandemic with the team that they had, with the payroll that they were, they were paying those players, and they chose to just blow it up and start the rebuild. And, and, but that's what we've been doing. We've been rebuilding since 2014, and we're uh, nine years into it. So not really fun, man. So uh, Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts, and we'll get to that in the draft coming up in two weeks from tonight, in fact, in just a second. But Kyle Farmer – the past couple of years been one of my favorite Reds to watch. I mean, he goes out there and he plays hard every single time he's out there. Did you see him get hit in the face by that pitch yesterday? Yeah. That yeah. was brutal. Yeah. Brutal. I mean, and Jonathan India is a guy that, I mean, what, what more do you want? He plays his guts out every single time out. He's a great uh, defender. He's a great leadoff guy. He says all the right things. I mean, there's a bunch of guys on this team right now. I, I have to commend him for – building offensively the right way and the farm system seems to be uh doing well and they have plenty of reserves there but like how many how many times have we heard that like when when is that going to come to fruition that's that's what's so frustrating as a reds fan is like you just keep hearing about the the future and the pipeline and in 2023 we're going to be pretty good in 2000 no now it's 2025 or just wait till 2027 i mean i'm with you i'm pretty soon i'm going to be disenfranchised and not interested and not care and well, not hell, i'm gonna be it. dead so yeah i mean i gotta <laughs> we gotta hustle something up here <laughs> <laughs> no question <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, ladolo by the way gets the ball for the rest of the night as they take on the phillies at 640 at great american ballpark it's matt taylor 
with us. Um, uh, so what have you learned in your preparations for that first draft night on Thursday when there, there should be, as we're looking, I guess nobody really truly knows because that is absolutely true. But the assumption here is it's going to be one of those signature moments here in Colts history as far as what they're probably going to do at quarterback for the long term here. What are your thoughts and that work that you've done in preparation for that two weeks from tonight? It's going to be exciting, and it's certainly interesting, and you have no idea how this is going to go. I mean, if you like drama, if you like reality TV, just watch the draft uh, two weeks from tonight because, I mean, I think the Arizona Cardinals there at three are just hoping that quarterbacks, uh, you know, either either the, the top quarterback and Bryce Young goes off the board, and then, heck, maybe the Texans decide to not take a pick, which gives them even more leverage there at three. But they're certainly going to be open for business between now and, and, uh, you know, two Thursdays from now. And, um, you know, the Colts, I think, are, are they're still going through this process. I mean, Shane Steichen said yesterday they're still, uh, you know, overturning all the stones and watching all the tape again. Now they're having top 30 visits with these quarterbacks after the combine and after their pro days and after their private workout. So it's just, a, you know, another step and part of this process. And right now they're just trying to get to know these guys on a personal level and, Try to figure out what makes them tick. Do they have that obsessive nature about football that they want? The guy that hates to lose the most, that's going to be the biggest leader inside the locker room. Sort of those intangible things that you can't measure, but you just know it when you see it. That's what the Colts are looking for. And I think, personally, I think that's what's going to separate, um, you know, guy three or guy, you know, guy two from three or guy three from four, if you will and would make the Colts convicted to go from four to three in a trade with Arizona. That's what I think would have to separate uh, these quarterbacks. There has to be a pretty good gap between guys three or four, let's say, if it's Anthony Richardson and Will Levis, that intangible part of the process, that gap would have to be pretty wide, in my opinion, for the Colts to be uh, in a position to trade up and, and give up assets to go from four to three. To me, that would tell me they're pretty convicted, they're pretty convinced that they have the right guy that fits them, fits their culture, um, and is the perfect guy intangible-wise to come in and learn and develop and, and ultimately become that, that face of the franchise and that long-term quarterback answer they've been looking for. Yeah, no no doubt about that. I, I just, to me, I know that there are a lot of different things, and I will give it up to them. There's been nothing. I mean, nothing, and really not even any of these rumors that sometimes you see when you're drafting this high like the Colts are presently at number four in terms of misdirections or smoke screens. I'm not suggesting they throw it out there, but there's really been nothing talked about regarding them sitting at four right now. And that that normally, if you're drafting that high, that's highly unusual, at least from what we've seen Mm -hmm. in drafts of the past. Yeah, I mean, I think they're – pretty open-minded right now but they're also you know they know how important this is you know chris ballard and ed dodds his right hand man and then the personnel staff uh they all understand the the magnitude of this situation and how important this decision could possibly be i mean we've been saying it all along this entire offseason has been about foundation and hitting the reset button and you know kind of a launching pad for the next five to seven to ten years um, depending on how this goes. And they got half of the equation right, I think, and, and the head coach and Shane Steichen here. I think he's the perfect guy in terms of scheme, 
um, in terms of uh, holding guys accountable and just being that young uh, breath of fresh air that I think this franchise needed considering where they've been and, and how they got there. Uh, but then the other half of this equation is getting the quarterback situation right. And it was, they could do a million things. I mean, they could sit there at four. They could trade up to three. They could take a quarterback at four. They could move back and take a quarterback somewhere else in the draft. You know, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago when we were down there at uh, at O'Reilly's on St. Patrick's Day. I mean, there's all of these different things still in play. Teams might be trying to leapfrog the Colts. Uh, moving up to three and then get in front of Indianapolis there to, to pick a quarterback. That'll throw some chaos into the front of the draft. I mean, so I, I still think they, they're, I mean, as crazy as it sounds, because they've had all this time to try to figure this out, but I think they're still using these final two weeks to set their board, uh, to make their final, you know, lasting impressions of these guys and, you know, move guys up and down, move some names up and down the draft board and, and, and just using all of the time that they have at their disposal to make sure they get this right. So I think in that sense, they, there's still some uh, things to, to hash out and some clarity to find and um, just trying to make sure they get this right and do their due diligence all the way up until next Thursday night when the lights come on and they have to you know turn that uh, that final answer in to, uh, to Roger Goodell. It's uh, Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts. We're going to get to what you guys are going to be doing and how you're going to handle draft night and the draft in general coming up in just a minute. But I had Gardner Minshew on the show yesterday. I'm assuming you've had him on and you've interviewed him, you know, for a podcast or for the website over there. Uh, if so, what'd mm-hmm. you think? Because I, I enjoyed it. And he was a dude that I thought that I could talk to for at least an hour and he'd be cool if I kept him for at least an hour, especially if it was like non-football related stuff. Yeah, no, it's funny you say that. We, we, we're actually, we, we just started it today and we're going to bank him uh, and then save him and, and uh, put him out later this off season when things kind of slow down a little bit, but we're, we're starting a podcast series. Exactly that it's, uh, it's called the person behind the pads and it's literally anything but football, everything but football. We're not allowed to talk about football stuff and he's on our list. He's on our list of guys to bring back and right. just, you know, shoot, shoot the breeze with and, and find out what makes him tick. And uh, would love to find, you know, spend an hour with him and just talk about, you know, how he became Gardner Minshew, right? Everybody understands what I mean by that. Like, how did he become this laid-back, cool persona guy? Because that's exactly, you know, who he is and who he was when we talked to him, you know, about a month ago when he signed with the Colts in free agency. I mean, he came in that day, and he signed a, a professional NFL contract, and he came in wearing a hoodie and, like, biker shorts and, like, a, a sailor's cap. I mean, he's just a cool guy. Like, he's just down to earth and – uh, was laid back and was very respectful, but just like like you said, a guy you want to hang out with, maybe drink a beer with, play some cornhole, and just hang out and get to know him a little bit better, um, you know, outside of of the white line, so to speak. So, looking forward to those. And yeah, Gardner Minshew's on our list of, of guys to to come back, so Colts fans can get a, a better idea of you know who they are, how they got to be in the NFL, and just sort of what makes them tick personality wise. Yeah, he's a guitarist. I think it's more of a bluesy type of guitarist, but he is certainly 
a guitarist. I think he brought up John Mayer. He he loves Dead and Company, so he loved the Grateful Dead. And then I brought up our nice. friend Brent Halverson, who's a huge, maybe the biggest around here, Grateful Dead fan. And his place at Mystic Waters up at I sixty nine. And I, I told him, I said, Hey, man, we got to at some point when you got time off and it gets warmer consistently in the summertime, we got to get you up there. We got to have some sort of party at Mystic Waters up there <laughs> off of I sixty nine. And he was down with that. He's just a yeah. he's a good dude, man. He's a good dude beyond football. I think that's part of it right now because I, I can tell from my audience that we have absolutely dissected this Colts pick at number four and the possibilities so much that there's a bit of wear and tear there. So that type of conversation yesterday, I think, mm-hmm. means more to the audience to just kind of get away for a moment regarding Colts football than anything else. And he was perfect for that. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I mean, everybody's got a story. Everybody's got a story to tell. And it's it's all about finding, you know, what that story is and what their angle is. I mean, you don't get to the NFL on accident, right? So find out, you know, their their life story and the adversity they've been through and their trials and tribulations. And, uh, again, just that adversity that they've inevitably had to overcome to, to sacrifice time and, and sweat and energy to, to get to the, the highest point in their profession. So stories like that, man, are awesome. Plus, you know, when you kind of just strip them again of their pads and take the helmet off and all that, like they're just people. And that's what I appreciate most about the job that I have, you know, working, you know, uh, with the team and being around the team. Like I'm I'm probably not going to like, I'm going to keep it a a business relationship with these guys. You know, I'm probably not going to like, text them in the middle of the night and, and uh, try to, you know, get together for beers on a Saturday night after a game or anything. But you get to know these guys, right? right? You get to be inside the locker room and you get to know them and you get to find out about their families and you get to talk about their kids. I mean, these are they're just people. They're human beings that obviously are in the world and they make millions of dollars, rightfully so. But if you just take all of that away – they're no different than me. They're no different than you and, and your audience. And they just want to hang out and, 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 and be treated like normal people because that's what they are. But they just have to happen to be you know, freak athletes that are incredibly good at the game of football. All right. So how are you guys handling that initial draft night, the Thursday night, when things are really, and I mean really early, going to go down from Kansas City? How are you guys handling the coverage? Yeah, it's going to be nuts. So we're going to be live. We're going to start Thursday night of the draft. First round, we're going to start at 7. First round is going to start at 8 in terms of the picks. So we're going to be live. We're going to be doing pick-by-pick coverage and analysis. We're bringing that back this year. And so we're going from – Who's we, by the way? Who's with you? Who's with you? Yeah, so it'll be Rick Venturi and I on – excuse me, Rick Venturi, Joe Wright, and I on Thursday. And we're going to be coming to you from the the Colts – season ticket member draft party. So that's going to be inside the indoor facility, the practice facility uh, at the Colts complex. They're going to, um, you know, have to have all the season ticket members there watching the draft, hanging out, a lot of interactive stuff, hanging out in the indoor facility. So we're going to be rocking out that night there, uh, horn to horn coverage uh, all night long, start at seven, go until the first round's over. Obviously, be going to be reflecting big time throughout the course of the night on what the Colts do at four, or you know, depending on what they do, trading up, trading back. So we'll have all of that for you all night long. And then Friday night, we'll do the same thing. Coverage on Friday night starts at seven. That'll just be Rick and I from the studio inside the Colts complex 
Uh, but same thing, talking big time about what they do at, at pick 35, talk about what they do in round number three. And then between it all, we'll talk about what's going on elsewhere in the draft, pick-by-pick uh, pick coverage. we got a bunch of draft profiles ready. We're going to tap into Rick's brain all night long. He's got the skinny on all of these guys. And so I'll be your setup man. I'll be running point guard like Mark Jackson back in the day. So really looking forward to it. And then we got our draft party elsewhere off-site for all the fans. And those are going to be at uh, Buffalo Wild Wings locations scattered around town. There's a draft party going on at the B-Dubs in Indianapolis on East 62nd Street. Yep. Uh, there's going to be a party in Greenwood at the Buffalo Wild Wings on Emerson Avenue. Uh, the Buffalo Wild Wings in Plainfield and the B-Dubs up in Westfield. All of those uh, locations, those Buffalo Wild Wings locations, are going to have draft party events. Uh, Gary Brackett's going to be at the party in Indy. Marlon Jackson's going to be down in Greenwood. Uh, don't know yet about the the player in Plainfield. There's going to be a player there. Uh, just don't know who that's going to be just yet. But then Jack Doyle is going to be up in Westfield. So those parties are going to start at 7 o'clock at those respective Buffalo Wild Wings locations. Thursday night of the draft, that's April 27th. So get out there, enjoy the draft, uh, get some autographs, hang out, and see what the Colts decide to do, man, with this huge decision they have to make. Mm. Well, that's going to be some fun. I can't wait to hear Rick. I haven't heard from him in a while. I'm assuming he's been doing work. I haven't bugged him. Been, yeah, he's been in the uh, he's been in the chamber. He's been down in the <laughs> down in the <laughs> the film room, uh, coming up for air once in a while. But yeah, he's back in town. He's back from his Florida hiatus. So always good to have Rick back in the fold. We'll have him back on the website next week, previewing the draft. And then Thursday, Friday, man, he's the star of the show. He's so such I'm a great resource. And and I think oh, I yeah. told you this. Maybe I told the audience this too, but before Chris Ballard was on with me and at the combine, and you were right across from us where we were, I I thought because Chris had talked to the local media, and you know this, literally ten minutes before he came on with me, and I thought, man, the one thing I don't want to do with this is just ask the same questions that they did. Nothing against them. I just wanted to go a different direction for the audience paying attention here. So I called him and I said, tell me what you would want to hear. Tell me what you would want to ask. And mm-hmm. he is such a valuable resource when it comes to that. He was great. Yep. And I do the same thing. I do the same thing. And we put our heads together, you know, it, whether it's uh, right after the game and the radio booth, uh, you know, we have to do that Monday night show together. And so we'll put our heads together either at a home game or, you know, what, what I typically love is like the, the plane ride home. You know, we have that entire flight home to sit and sketch up what we're going to do the following night and talk about the different angles and who's playing well and what what needs to be cleaned up and how we need to approach it and the takes that we need to have. So that that's what I really enjoy about Rick. On top of the games, um, it's just the, that, that dialogue that I get learning about football from him. And that, I think that's why we get along so well, Rick and I, and, and certainly you and Rick as well. I think – I think we kind of all see the game the same way, and we prioritize things um, similarly, if you will. And that, that's why I think we have good, you know, rapport and good synergy within the booth. Is we kind of see the game the same way. I know his strengths. I know what he's thinking before he even <laughs> before he even comes out of his mouth. So I'm able to kind of set him up that way. And so we just. We just have a lot of fun, man. We really do. It's uh, Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts. And again, draft coverage is going to begin at 7 o'clock. That is two weeks from this evening. Two weeks from this evening with their draft coverage. And, of course, whatever I'm doing, I'll lead you right into that. And we will have a blast. 
And that is going to be not only on a Thursday for the first round, number four as we sit here right now, but for the remainder of the weekend with the Colts draft 2023 right here. Matt and Rick and Joe writes, it should be a fantastic time. Matt, as always, I appreciate that. And uh, we'll check in again before you guys get set and ready two weeks from tonight. And uh, be good to go to see what happens, man. It should be great nonetheless. But we'll check in again soon. Yeah, man, I'm excited about it. I'm ready for it to be here because I'm – yes. I'm drafted out, and uh, so I'm looking forward to it, man. Enjoy your next Big Mac, by the way. It should be good. (laughs) (laughs) I might do that now that I put myself on the spot with it. (laughs) Appreciate you, brother. All right, man. Be well. Voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor, right there on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. So we know this, right? The transfer portal giveth, the transfer portal taketh away. And with Butler, it's done it. In a different form, a different fashion. Get that on the other side. My chapel coming up at the top of the hour inside the lounge via YouTube Live where Lick just said, good for JMV. I don't know what that means, but good for me. You can watch, listen, participate inside the lounge via YouTube Live. Phone calls as well at 239-1070. That's on the other side. Thursday edition, Sunsplash Thursday here on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. The Ride with JMV. What did you say? I need a water break. You need a water break. Water is for cowards. Water makes you weak. Water is for washing blood off that uniform, and you don't get no blood on my uniform. Boy, you must be outside your mind. 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. Got a preliminary agreement to buy the commanders of Washington. Still some intrigue going on there. But at least the uh, preliminary with uh, Josh Harris and uh, those investors along with him, one including uh, Magic Johnson as a possibility for ownership here. Again, on a preliminary basis with ownership of the Washington Commanders. You know, I mentioned this before the break. Uh, the transfer portal in college athletics can giveth and taketh away, especially in college basketball. So Butler had Central Arkansas transfer guard Cameron Hunter. Good to go. Committed last week, right? And Bulldog fans know that. Uh, Apparently, he has changed his mind. So, Cameron Hunter, the guard, last week committed to Butler and Thad Mata, and he has changed his mind. He is going back to central Arkansas. That is not often the path that is taken right there. And I mentioned it giveth and it taketh away. That certainly Butler's going to be getting stuff back here. Jaden Taylor a couple of days ago, uh, he was in the transfer portal. He committed to play at North Carolina State. Uh, There has been a mass exodus from the Butler Bulldog program. But that is somewhat of a unique twist in terms of the transfer portal right there. All right, Connecticut Water Question of the Day is up right there. I haven't done this in a while. Uh, Two-week notice. 
Well, the first round of the NFL draft, Matt Taylor, the voice of the Colts, just joined us to talk about what they're going to do, not only in preparation, but what they're going to do during the draft here on this station. Two weeks out, what should the Colts do at number four? I I guess that can be a combination platter for you, too. What should they do? What do you believe that they will do? I am going to be curious to see how many people have thoughts on going with Richardson here. With the level of uncertainty, do you go with the oh-wow type of athletic talent? So have at it. Connecticut Water question of the day at JMV 1070. And we'll, at the end of the show, tabulate anything. But we'll certainly look it up and see what you guys are thinking. Jim McCann in Southern California says, Matt Taylor, the West Coast Bureau of the Fubar Lounge, requests your participation on this Saturday night's JMV takeover. We've missed your calls. Yeah, it's been a lot of rake straw. It's been some Hagen. I actually haven't heard from Matt Taylor nor Chris Denary, longtime staples of the JMV takeover, calling in request. I haven't heard from either in a while. Very odd. But we do got to get back on track, I think, with them both. Hey, JMV, I listened a couple of different times to DeMar DeRozan's nine-year-old daughter with these screams. I can kind of understand how that gets to you a little bit. Listen, missing free throws, for example, yeah, I don't know about that. But it was entertaining, right? It definitely was entertaining. (laughs) Honestly, though, I'm not taking anything away from the play-in tournament. I think it's been fun. I don't know how much you've enjoyed it. I don't know how much you've even watched it. Much less paid attention. But I think it's been fun. I thought what you got last night, just beyond the Raptors losing a 19-point lead, just beyond the Thunder moving on with a very young, mostly first-round draft selections of which they still have more than a handful remaining within that organization coming down the pipe, is that there has been a lot of speculation about what's going to happen in Toronto, and you have a 41-41 and 41 season like that, uh, regular season, and then you lose in that play-in game, a game that you had a 19-point lead at home in that fashion. That I think that situation with their players, and then you know the players that you may have interest in, that situation with their players would bear watching in terms of the Pacers. Just we'll watch that. I'm not suggesting anything is imminent, anything will happen, but I think I will reserve at the very least an eyeball glance at what's going to happen in Toronto because that seems like that that's going to be a teardown situation there. Now, there's conversations that Nick Nurse, a former NBA champion head coach, Uh, Maybe Bailey, maybe on the outs there, maybe going to Houston. So it would stand to reason that some of those players, they may end up losing as well. So we'll watch that. We'll watch that coming up in the offseason. Now, no NBA later on tonight. And then coming up on Friday night, of course, you've got the final of the play-ins, the Bulls and the Heat in Miami. Think about if you're Miami, if you close out the season losing two home games. That'd be pretty funny. Thunder and the Timberwolves as well coming up on Friday night. And then everything gets underway gloriously 
coming up on Saturday afternoon at 1 o'clock. Nets and the Sixers fire everything up. That's when it's going to be wall-to-wall ball right there. Give you a great example. NBA playoff, first round, game one's all underway. On Saturday at 1 p.m., Nets and Sixers at 1. 3.30, Hawks and Celtics. 6 o'clock, Knicks and Cavaliers. 8.30, Warriors and Kings right there. Back to back to back to back. And Warriors and Kings sounds fun as hell to me. I don't know about anybody else. That sounds like an incredibly enjoyable series, first round-wise, to watch. Uh, this is from Jared, AJMV. Call Eric DeCosta, noted red ass, and see if he's going to match what we'd give Lamar best chance to win in the next five years, no matter what. If not, take who Shane Steichen wants at four, unless C.J. Stroud falls to three, then move up to get him at number three. I think... I think if they really wanted C.J. Stroud, they would have made that move to be able to, without any doubt whatsoever, secure C.J. Stroud. The Lamar Jackson stuff is over. And really, I say it's over. It was never started here. It was never really thought about. They're going to tell you that they talk about it. They talk about all this, but... Here was the conversation. Yeah, what about Lamar Jackson? Yeah, he's still good, but no. Really, it probably took that much time. And I heard Eric DaCosta earlier today uh, with the Odell Beckham Jr. press conference signing that they still want Lamar Jackson. And they still had the first right of refusal anyway. They could dictate the terms, so he wasn't going anywhere. And he certainly wasn't coming here. But I, listen, and you're right about one thing. I mean, that legitimizes this thing to the effect of this year, unlike anything else does. But it's a fairy tale. Not happening. And it was never going to happen. For a variety of reasons. You know, obviously, most of which, you know, in terms of what you don't want to give up, what you weren't willing to give up, but... You recognize just how good and how much better he would make this team right now, but that was that's a fairy tale. Uh, it was, and any more the conversation is. And it really, you can tell by this show, because I dropped this weeks ago. And this is one of those things where you don't want to drop it in terms of sports talk content. This is beautiful. But it just didn't make any sense, and really... Now, the owner, more than two weeks ago, stuck a fork in it, so it was over. All right, quick one, we'll come back. You, me, other side, Mike Chappell, top of the hour. Two weeks from tonight, the NFL draft. We'll find out what happens at number four. We'll find out what the Colts end up doing, and then we'll etch that in stone and move on from there. Connecticut water question of the day at JMV1070 on Twitter regarding two weeks away, what you believe that they're going to do. And by the way, if you mentioned, if you missed Gardner Minshew yesterday, Outstanding first conversation on the show. Podcast 1075thefan.com. Colts quarterback Gardner Menchu from the show yesterday. Again, 1075thefan.com. Mike Chappell, top of the hour here. 93.5 and 1075 The Fan. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. 
If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. The Ride with JMV. Why not, Mr. Vankman? Because you did not use the magic word. What is the magic word, Mr. Vankman? Please. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Uh, in case you're paying attention, Rays rally to reach 13-0 and zero as they tie the modern MLB record for a start in the season. 9-3 over the Red Sox earlier today. I know you don't care at all about the Rays, but I wanted to bring that up because that is significant. 21,175. At Tropicana Field in St. Pete, watch the Rays this afternoon go to 13-0 and in the season. And matching that of the 82 Atlanta Braves, who played center field for the 82 Atlanta Braves, hurry. Who played third base for the 82 Atlanta Braves? <laughs> That'd be Dale Murphy and Bob Horner. Bob Horner's glorious golden curly locks. At third base, right? 82 Atlanta Braves. Dale Murphy was a stud, by the way. Dale Murphy, for how many years, has been eligible for the Baseball Hall of Fame? And that was the only thing. You got the Braves on TBS, or the Superstation back then, right? And they were awful. Not in 82, obviously, with a 13-0 start, but you got later on in the 1980s, at the end of the 1980s, that's, you know, when they started drafting well. You you know, you get John Smoltz in a trade, I believe, from Detroit out of the Tiger organization, Tom Glavin, Dave Justice. Started growing your own right there. Then ultimately you get, you know, guys like Andrew Jones. But middle, after this portion, middle part of the 80s, they're an absolute mess. And always on. Always on. And in a rain delay, you always got to see rerun episodes of Andy Griffith, which was awesome. But the 82 Braves and the 87, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, Milwaukee Brewers, led by Rob Bombardier. So that is 13 straight for the Rays, and very impressive. Love it. I'm telling you, so many, so many people, getting back to my Connecticut water question of the day, will be willing to wait and watch the progress of Anthony Richardson. I think right now, I think right now that's the clubhouse leader. I think Anthony Richardson, in the court of public opinion here, I think Anthony Richardson, by most of you from what you're telling me, Anthony Richardson is the leader, the popular vote as to what Colts fans want to see the Colts do at number four two weeks from tonight. Yaney writes this, I was watching the Rays match my 87 Brewers 13-0. Let's hope they lose the next game. Thanks, buddy. 87 Brew Crew. I believe, wasn't 87 one of the years that was known for having a live baseball? 
I believe 87 was having a live baseball, and I'm putting that in air quotes that only you can see inside the lounge via YouTube Live. I just remember massive Stratomatic cards for a lot of these dudes. Uh, Eric Davis in 87 had an incredible Stratomatic card. Eric Davis of the Reds. The live ball of 87. You can always tell if you played Stratomatic in baseball then. You could always tell who had who had something going right there. But yes, 13-0 Brewers in 87. The 82 Atlanta Braves. And the Tampa Bay Rays off to a 13-0 start. Uh, BT Do says the NFL draft is two weeks from today. My birthday, one week from today. Number 60. She put 420 up there for a reason right there. That'll make me laugh a little bit. Thank you very much. Yeah, you're right. Yaney says Robin Yount was the MVP in 1987. The second one. Man, what a great group that was. Yount was awesome. Also a great strat card then, too, did Robin Yount have. Shane Palmer checks in with this. So your guy Holder is the one that got all the buzz and clickbait going on about Lamar Jackson. You know, and listen, I'll have to own this a little bit, not from what I said, but if you remember, we had Bucky Brooks on of the NFL Network, and he stoked the flames of that here. He basically was putting up his hands and saying, you know, why are they not doing everything they can to get him? He questioned any other thought process, any draft-related thought process. Why are you screwing around with number four and trading up or trading back or blah, blah, blah? Why are you not getting this available quarterback? Now, I'd question two things. One was the actual availability, and the other was the actual interest, considering why he was sitting there in the first place. And as we're here right now, that turned out to be accurate but no i don't think it was all just steven i i had bucky brooks on here that's all he talked about for 15 minutes i mean anytime we strayed away to well what about this guy or that guy he always brought us back to why are they not this is the most logical thing that should be getting done right now why are they not doing it and if you want to double back to that podcast, that that is part. So I guess I guess what I'm doing, I'm taking ownership a little bit of that because he did certainly stoke the flames a couple of weeks ago. Quick one, we'll come back with you, Mike Chapel, top of the hour. Me and Ewan at two three nine ten seventy coming up in the five o'clock hour as well. 93.5-1075, The fan. Life is full of things to manage: your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta. Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. The Ride with JMV. Here's Jenny! David Letterman! Hi, David. I'm Grandpa. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. In a full disclosure, I don't know a great deal about Jason Isbell. I've heard a lot from people that I know that I like and I talk to that enjoy his music very well. But I will say this. 
I watched it. I don't know how recent it was, but I do enjoy the Bill Simmons-inspired HBO Music Box episodes. I think those are very well done. And let's say what you want about Bill Simmons. He can drive you a little bit nuts, but, man, he can do some work when it comes to producing episodes of interest, whether it's surrounded sports, basketball, or in this case, music. And I was watching last night the Music Box episode on Jason Isbell, and it was really good. And I want to say that he is in concert at a festival coming up here in June. What is that called again, guys? It's Wonder Road, I think, where he is a headliner along with Weezer. I do like Weezer a lot, too. But check out the Music Box that is probably circulating right now on HBO Max. I just happened to catch it on HBO. I don't know how old or how recent it might be, but it was very good. So check it out if you have the means in which to do so, and then check out coming up in June. I think, again, it's called Wonder Road, one of many. Go ahead, James. Yeah, it's Wonder Road. Wonder Road, one of many. Where is it located, does it say? Where are they having that? It uh, just says Indianapolis, June 17th through 18th. All right. I don't know where it is. Is it that one down in Garfield Park? Is that where that is? It might be. But uh, that'll be fun. Jason Isbell's a part of it. Weezer is the headliner there. A number of bands, number of artists. Now, that should be a good time. But check out that HBO episode with a Music Box. I promise you'll enjoy that. On the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline, CBS 4 and Fox 59. I don't know how many festivals they have planned in Beach Grove, but I bet there's a great deal of celebration and walking around the town the last three days with the weather they're having over there, too. Right? A lot of people walking around. Incredible time. But the, the bad part is I've got to... Go cut the rental property on Friday or Saturday. If, if the weather holds off, I'll do it Saturday. And that's all, it always tells me it springs here when I get is I got to cut the blasted grass. Yeah, you're, you're not a big fan of cutting the grass. No, eh, it's it's all right. I've got a riding mower. It takes me about two hours with trimming. So you know, it it's, it gets me away from my phone. So that's not all bad. So how much how much acreage are you cutting that it takes you two hours? Is that right? It takes you two my hours wife, because a lot of trimming going on. My wife and her brother own these properties together, and it's about six, five and a half, six acres with two houses on it. I cut like a third of it. Okay. It, it takes me an hour and forty-five minutes, and then if I if I'm in the trimming mood, another twenty minutes. See, I'm I want to quit. Holy I, crap! What? You all right? I, I'm sitting on my front porch, and two squirrels just ran by. Holy smokes! <laughs> Crazy little varmints. <laughs> Go ahead. I thought that there was I thought that there was like a wreck or something. I mean you well, stopped and you had that I, you I, had I, that I, dramatic pause after holy crap two squirrels prefer, just run by. I would prefer a wreck on the street than two squirrels running under my feet. We we have They they ran over your feet. Just, you had two squirrels ran oh, they ran over your feet. Right, right there. See, we're the people that AT and T linemen hate because we we feed squirrels and then the squirrels stick around and they go climb up and they chew on wires and but we've got squirrels that are very very aggressive and if you don't feed them peanuts, uh, you got hell to pay. So, do you not have any peanuts with you right now? No, I stopped I I stopped by Damon's on Emerson and got me, you know, three pounds of peanut shelled peanuts and. 
we, the other day we were again they come right to the door and you try to get out the door and they're right there on their hind end looking at you and we had nothing we had nothing for them and this one jumped up on the door and was hanging by the little ledge and i'm thinking you know buddy if you let me out of here i'll go get you some peanuts but so you just got to keep yourself loaded with peanuts or you have hell to pay i am i assume they're called squirrels for a reason it's not because they're logical thinkers right yeah, and I, I tell you, I remember back when I lived in Anderson, somehow we had a squirrel get in the house, and it took forever to get a squirrel out of the house. And I'd hate, <laughs> with the rooms we have here, if we let a squirrel get in, it would just move in. It would kill my cat, and then we'd have a pet squirrel. Man, squirrels. <laughs> Rabid squirrels yeah, in Beach they're, Grove. They're, Blame Mike Chappell for feeding them peanuts all the time. You AT&T yeah, they, folks they, 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 out there, they're mad at you. He, we had we had a guy and, and he was we were having trouble and he went up on the line and said yeah these squirrels he said these damn squirrels they chew a hole and he saw we had peanuts out on our back porch and I said yeah we tend to feed them he said don't feed those and you know we still feed them <laughs> I um my my I'm from the country right so uh, my uh, my neighbor. Uh, and I say neighbor like it's not as close as it is in Beach Grove. It's like down the road, down the gravel road. Uh, used right. to hunt squirrels. Uh, I mean, I, I've never had squirrel meat. I never want squirrel meat, but he would hunt squirrels and eat like them. For what? Uh, uh, with a gun, with like a twenty-two or something like that. Yeah. Man, I think he'd blow it apart. I, I would, I mean, I would yeah, but he, he was, he was a squirrel that. hunter. Just like I think wow. Jed Clampett was a squirrel hunter, too. So there's a connection yeah. to be made right there. I think I was... I was a neighbor with Jed Clampett. Yeah, and I'm I'm, I'm not a big rifle shoot squirrel things and all that, but you know, yeah. hey, if it's I've never it's, owned it's, a gun. Put, you know what? I've never owned a gun. I've never really I, I shot never one. Have. Yeah, hey, I've never had yeah, any interest. Yeah, we, we we could do a show on that and really lose listeners. And no, I'm not. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't mean to do that. I'm just I, like I grew nope. up in a place where hunting is certainly popular and valued, and I've right. never done it right. one time, not once. I, I used to go out with my brother, and he 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 was born way too late because he he would be a a, a frontiersman. He's gone over yeah, friends out in Utah and Montana and hunt elk with bows. I mean, he he's one of those guys. Not me. I, you know, if I go fishing and they don't bite after like five minutes, I'm gone. I just and some people can sit there all day. I just haven't been much of an outdoorsman. That's just the way it is, I guess. I'd probably do fishing. I don't know if I'd like fishing. Around here, I'm sorry, Calvin Fitch is listening somewhere, not liking this. I, maybe I would in the summertime <laughs> when it's warm, but I could get down with fishing, for example, on the Gulf of Mexico. I really want to do that, and I always say that, that I'm gonna. Cool. Here's what happens: I always say when I go on vacation, I haven't been in a while, but when I went on vacation in the past, I'd say, "Yep, you know what? I'm going out on the Gulf and I'm fishing," and then I would end up turning the music up loud and getting drunk and passing out in the pool and never getting out there. That's my entire vacation. For me to go fishing like that, I, I normally, I've been on party boats a couple of times where there's like 50 of you and you all got your lines hanging over and that's not fishing. That's just, that's not, but uh, I could maybe go out on a boat with three or four guys. And as long as they're biting, I just don't sit there and you can only shoot the bull. For so long, didn't you? You know, at least have the have the have the line tug or something. So yeah. Yep. All right. Well, we got to get this conversation in regarding the Colts before the squirrels get more angry than they are right I, now. I, 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 I'm on a high alert right now, so we'll be okay. I might have to make that holy crap squirrel 
into a nice promo for you right there that you'll enjoy. You reminded me of Chevy Chase and uh, <laughs> what was John Candy where the squirrel jumped on him. So, you know. Yeah, well, that's a, the, uh, that was a Christmas vacation when the squirrel was in their, their Christmas tree. Yeah, John Candy was a bats in, in the in the cabin. Yeah, so <laughs> great stuff. Great stuff. Um, it, what are you thinking about? Two weeks from tonight, they're going to make that decision, and I'll give you my opinion. I do a two weeks out kind of poll, and yeah, not really for voting or anything, but what people think. And really, if I'm going to look at it the way that my listeners and followers are going to it, they are willing to see the Colts draft Anthony Richardson and wait. And I know that's something that you have been steadfast against so far. Well, I, I just uh, – you mean wait until 2024 for him to play? Well, I mean, uh, however long it takes, and it may take that long. But, yes, they are willing – some well, – And if you're going to – Say that. I, I would love to know again how they have, like, Richardson and Hendon Hooker ranked if both guys are going to be sort of a red shirt year uh th- then may- maybe hooker's the guy that you really like uh more i, d- I don't know i really don't it's funny i it-, it all depends on how ballard has these guys ranked and evaluated and sometimes over the years desperation drives quarterbacks up the the, the-, the rankings because not enough guys teams have them and 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 I was talking to Bill Pulley the other day. I'm going to do something next week about him. He's, you know, he had Kerry Collins in Carolina, and of course Peyton here. And I said, Bill, is this these four or five quarterbacks? Is this, is this desperation? Or are these guys legit? He said they're legit. He thinks all five of these guys have a chance to be pretty good. And he wouldn't tell me how he had them ranked. I think he likes Hooker a lot. But you know, if if they and what's funny is the closer you get to the draft, now all of a sudden. You know, Carolina likes Bryce Young. Somebody says that they've got information. And if the, and if Carolina takes Young, then Houston's not going to take a quarterback. They're going to take Willie Anderson. And, and then things get really, really crazy. Because all of a sudden, somebody that you didn't think would be there might might be there. But, again, I just don't believe stuff I'm hearing. I, I just don't. I that, that, You know, Schefter put out there that six teams have, have an interest in the, in the third pick with Arizona. Well, maybe Arizona called six teams and said we've had contact with six teams. So I just don't believe a lot of this. I do believe that Arizona won't pick three. I'm convinced of that. I just don't think they they stand pat. I think somebody's going to move up and offer too much for them to turn down. But I have no clue what the coach is going to do. I I don't. I somebody I was listening to somebody. They said, well, you need to take the best player, the Willie Anderson or a left tackle and, and push the and kick the quarterback can down the road the next year and get Caleb Williams. Well, there's, there's absolutely no assurance you're going to be in position to be a top one or two team next year. You just don't know. So I, I think they have to make, take their swing this year and get the guy and you sink or swim with him. And, you know, at least you say in three years when it doesn't work, well, we took our shot and it didn't, we believed in the guy now, don't don't take one of these guys if you don't believe he can be good enough. Just don't take it just to, to, to satisfy the fan base or us. But if you think one of these guys with, with a good supporting cast and Shane Steichen molding him can be good enough, then you take him. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, we've got a new GM in three years. So Mike Chappell of CBS4 and Fox 59 on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. And I've called this an educated guess. Uh, regarding Will Levis at number four. 
And I think what is interesting and what also fuels my belief as to what Will Levis is going to be at number four for the Colts is because you mentioned Adam Schefter's report about, you know, six teams have showed interest in Arizona or whatever. But you have to admit, there has not been a lot of so-called smoke or misdirections, as you might call it, or sandbagging or anything like that. It's just been kind of like people expect the Colts to draft at number four, and that's that. And that kind of fuels, again, my educated guess that they know what they're going to get it for. They know nobody, regardless of somebody that trades up with the Cardinals trading out, will draft Levis at number three, and they're comfortable where they are, and that's their guy. So that's been my educated guess all along, and nothing has really been out there to change my opinion on it. And if they and if they believe that Levis can be, you know, with all of his flaws, all these guys have flaws, but they can fix what's wrong with him and give him, you know, the injuries last year and, and a bad supporting cast that that they, they, they can really mold this guy, then you take it and you don't trade up. Now, again, again, the problem is you don't know what happens at one or two. You, you think you know what's going to happen at one or two, but you don't know. So you have to be prepared, you know, to, to change up. Well, what if you really like C.J. Stroud? You really like him, but you expect him to go one or two, and he doesn't. I've seen a few mock drafts where he goes down to the middle of the, first, the, the, middle of the top ten, which I don't think happens. But if you really think that you're going to get your guy at four, then you stay there. If you really think there's a separation between three and four, the quarterbacks, then you move to three to get your guy and you're not left with with, with the last guy because he's the last guy. So it, it's really good. I, I'm really, really interested how Ballard looks at it. We, we talk to him next Friday, a week from tomorrow. He's not going to tell us anything. But, you know – You've got you've got the bottom line is they've got to come out of this draft with a guy that can be the quarterback of the future. I just don't see how you keep avoiding that. Not, 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 that sounds like that they've avoided it in the past. You're in position now to solve your problem: a, a top four draft pick, uh, a, a deep quarterback class, and you just have to get up there and, and take your swing and hope like heck that you're right that you're not getting Baker Mayfield. So Mike Chappell of CBS 4 and Fox 59 on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Somebody asked me a little bit earlier on the show, and I, I didn't give much confidence in my response, asking me how much I felt Gardner Minshew could help this team win if he was called upon this season. And basically what I said was not enough. You buying that too? I mean, just not well, enough like, to be a reasonable thought. Let's just say, hypothetically, you draft Richardson and he doesn't play at all this year. He sits back and watches. How competitive would this team be with Minshew at quarterback? Seven wins. I mean, if, if things fell and you, and you filled some obvious problems that you have on the roster, seven wins, eight wins sounds to me like a stretch. Uh, because again, you're 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 really counting on the offensive line coming together. You're you're counting on a couple of cornerbacks playing that that that, that aren't here yet. I, I think he I, I think he's one of the better bridges they've had here. I really do. But he's not good enough to to, to carry you to the AFC South competition, or you know, to, to to be there with Jacksonville. I don't know. I I just don't know. But I I do think he would keep them competitive, if you know if he's here last year, 
and the line works. Well, if the line works, then Matt Ryan was probably good enough last year. Uh, so I don't think he is the level that, with, with the way things are structured, that he's going to carry to, to, to the AFC South title. I, I don't see that at all. But I, but I do think if, of course, you're saying Graf Richards doesn't let Minshew play, you know, because I think if Minshew plays, he's going to play well enough that you're not going to have a great draft pick next year. You're going to be in that, you know, the low teens, or, or I guess the high teens, you know, 12, 13, 14, whatever, because I think he's good enough to do that. Jonathan Taylor's going to have a nice bounce-back season. I think he'd be decent, but not not playoff. I don't. I I wouldn't see playoff possibilities with him. I, I just wouldn't. Are you surprised that we haven't heard any more? Haven't had any more to go on out of this? Now again, I, I know when they want to, they can keep a secret. There's no question about yes. that. But there has been little to nothing happening, and this may sound a little bit awkward here, but do do they? Do you think at all they kind of purposely? leave Jim out of it just in case here? I mean, not completely out of it, but you know what I mean? Just to, just to try to keep this as locked down as possible? Just curious. Well, you say, you say that, but then at the owners' meetings, he's the one that sort of really yeah, he was yeah. expanded on, on Lamar Jackson, and, and he's been the he, he was pretty open about it. Now, he didn't. Well, I think, no, the Lamar Jackson thing I understand because there was no way they were going to do that anyway. And there's right. there was just right. no way. I mean, that was kind of a fairy tale that, that popped up and, and people kind of ran with it. And you and I both had talked about how that was never going to happen. But I think about the draft is a little bit different because you hear nothing whatsoever. And it's not I just because he he does either when asked or sometimes when not, he will you know, he'll go into a little bit of detail of, of which I'm sure they he'll want nothing. Yeah, he'll give you something. I, I right. think I, but I think a lot of that's him now is he, he he's not gonna even when he talked at the meetings, he didn't give you. Much, I mean, he didn't really delve into. I like this guy, I like that guy. That you know, it, it was more that you know we really like draft picks and draft picks are gold and all that. I just think it's. I don't know if they had a meeting and told everybody to shut up and and all that kind of stuff. I don't know, but it serves nobody any good to leak anything. None. I like this guy a little bit better. We have concerns about this guy and. So, you know, some teams – I think when teams leak things now, they're leaking lies. They're leaking smoke. But these guys, you're right. And, again, when we get Chris Bowder next Friday, he ain't going to give us anything. I mean, it's it's great to talk to him, but he's not going to tell us what. Hey, we could we could say it forward. We could move up. You know, we can move back. You know, we think we're going to get a great prospect. I mean, we, I, I can write the story right now. And that's the way it should be. It frustrates us. But, I mean, any team that leaks anything is crazy. And besides, they're probably leaking lies. I just – it has been – and you're right about that. I, I just – it's just been so quiet with anything. I mean, no rumors yeah. at all. None. Yeah. And, again, as I've said in the past few weeks, when you hear somebody say, well, my cult sources say this, that's BS. Your cult source maybe is a janitor. Because these guys in mass are not leaking, sharing information because it does them it does them no purpose to do that. If Anthony Richardson was, you know, kind of in the vicinity of where Jalen Hurts was as a draft selection, if it wasn't so much You'd of a chance that. that high, I mean, would that You'd make it that. more interesting for you? Yeah, 
Uh, and, and again, I was when I was talking to Polly, and he we were talking. He, he said how he liked Hooker, and I said, "Yeah, but you can't take Hooker at, at four. And he said, "Well, why not?" He said, "If you have a guy you think is the guy, you take him, and you don't think twice about it." You know, well, you know, he, that's too early. You know, whether whether Rob Morris or whoever, you're, you're taking too soon. No, if you like the guy, you take him, and you don't think twice. You know, why, why would they take a, you know, my scenario, take a, take a left tackle or a defensive end at four and try to get Hooker later on? But what if you don't get him later on? What, what if Tennessee or Vegas or Washington or somebody moves ahead of you and get him? Then you're, then you're sunk, so – if you like the guy, you take him, and I, I, I would be shocked if they took Hendon Hooker at four. But uh, again, I, I wish we were two weeks down so that you know tonight we're going to find out who they're drafting. But you're right; this is as quiet as it's ever been. Not that these guys have ever leaked much, and the fact that we've not gotten got much from the owner, which is in this is is a good thing. Let, let him tweet out about his the Ursae collection and where it's going to be next. And I think Chris Bowder would be, would be just fine with that. So Mike Chappell of CBS four and Fox 59, he's on the Andy Moore automotive group hotline. It's um, you, you just kind of look at um, the, the whole thing regarding this quarterback draft and then the rest of the team, as it shakes out, what other avenues do you think they need to investigate just besides what they end up doing again, sitting here right now at number four to help build this team to the draft? We were we we did a podcast today on on Fox fifty nine with Dave Griffiths and Joe Hopkins and we looked at receivers. The receiver room's a little thin. I mean, again, you know, again, but I'm telling you, look at the cornerback room, and there's like six or seven guys, and one was drafted, one, and that was Isaiah Rogers in, in like the sixth round. The rest of them entered the league as undrafted free agents. So that's as that's as now I realize they don't play till September and all that. Yeah, and they're going to add players, but that's as thin as I can remember a position being at this point after you know free agency in quite a while. You know, right now your starters are what Isaiah Rogers and either Kenny Moore or or Dallas Flowers, who <laughs> was your kick returner, uh, who who played a lot the last month of the season. So. That position needs help. Offensive line, they've done nothing at the offensive line, nothing. So I'm I'm really concerned about that. But again, it's I'm sure they've got a plan, and and we'll see. But if if Bernard Ryman struggles again, what's your plan B? And if you know right now, Will Fries is your right guard, but if he struggles, what's your you know Danny Penner? So I don't like the depth at corner. I don't like the depth at, the, at all on the offensive line. They need another receiver. I, I wouldn't mind if they keep that second-round pick. Take another receiver. You, you know, you're going to go young receiver. Or you're going to go young quarterback. So, Doug, going to give him give him some options. Give him some skill players, young skill players. And uh, other than that, you're going to you're going to set him up to fail. So, they they've got some really good talent on this roster, and they've got some holes to fill. Man, yeah, no doubt. It, with with Ryman. Do you believe what they believe? And this is kind of a twofold question here, too. Do you believe in in what they believe? And I think there's a great deal of hope 
along with that belief, maybe even more so than the belief they have after a rookie season with Ryman at left tackle. But to me, another educated guess is what they believe in this offensive line. And maybe that's because they haven't really addressed it. They just basically have kept it the same. You got to find a right guard, there's no doubt. But is their belief within that organization now that maybe Tony Sperano Jr. and a different, more mobile, stronger arm quarterback, no matter who that is, would make this offensive line better? Well, they have to. I mean, nothing else makes sense. You didn't go out and bring in the guard from Philly who got a decent contract, I think. I don't, I don't know where he went. And I can't pronounce his name, so I'm not going to try. But, yeah, and we all were wondering how there wasn't a change to that position on the staff, coaching staff last year. I mean, it, 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 it has re, it regressed the last two years, yet they didn't make a change. And I, I do think that they believe that it's going to help to have a, a new voice, a new set of eyes. But having said that, you still have to have those three, you know, cornerstone guys, Braden Smith and Ryan Kelly and Quentin, come back and play at a very, very high level. I play it where they've played, you know, the last – not the last year and a half because – They'll struggle, I think, at some point. But get back to where they were, and and then, of course, then Bernie has to play well. And I, I feel better going into this off season or going into this season with Ryman as my projected left tackle than Matt Pryor. Now, that's not exactly high compliment because you know I don't. I think we all had questions about Matt Pryor going into the season. He started one game for crying out loud at left tackle, and they made him their left tackle. And I thought over the last half of the season, you know, there were a couple. You know, there's always a couple of plays that you mess up. But I thought he, I thought Ryman played pretty well. So I feel, you know, I really kind of think that's going to work. You know, it better work. Uh, right guard. If the other four spots work, you know, right guard, you, you can you can find a guy to, you know, as long as he holds his own, you, you can get by there. They used to do that all the time with Howard Budd. You know, I mean, they had some good guards here, but at the same time. He sort of found guards, the Ryan Liljes and guys like that. But uh, once again, they're they're banking on guys, you know, be, being that guy. You know, if left tackle doesn't work, the line doesn't work. We saw that last year. So I think as long as as Bernie comes back and plays well and takes another step in what's you know a very still a very very young career at left tackle, they'll be fine. Because I really do think Quentin will play better. I think Ryan Kelly will play better. And Braden Smith played pretty well most of the year, I think. It was collectively how bad they were. But boy, if the line doesn't work, as we saw last year, nothing works. Mike Chappell of CBS 4 and Fox 59 with the draft knowledge mixed in with knowledge on porch squirrels right there. And yeah, the eating of peanuts they, to they, varmints they, around, the, around his house. You know, it, you know it, it, I don't mind feeding you, but don't harass me. You know, if I'm going to feed you, don't harass me. So... <laughs> I, I got my antenna up right now, so that's, that shouldn't be – when you're in your home, you should be safe. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You shouldn't be looking around for squirrels. You were outside, though, when the squirrel ran across your feet, right? Oh, two of them. I heard I heard a little scratch on a crew across there, and I look, and there's, you know, Rocky and whoever running yeah. across my, my porch. And so I'll be, my, 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 my antenna is up. They won't – you know, they won't get the drop on me again. So Mike Chapel with us. We'll do it again next week, a week away, and then we'll really dive into it two weeks from today Looking when it's just about it. time. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. It's a Mike Chapel on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Pile Line.
I do not feed squirrels. I do, however, I have bird, I have just annually birds build a nest. They used to build it on the the uh, light as you enter my house. Um, and the kids would always name it Claire. And now they build it on the downspout of the gutter. And it's probably a hell of an idea for me to get rid of them both right here, but I haven't. But never a squirrel. They're around. I'm never over my feet standing outside, which is really odd. Yeah, nothing else. A lot of you are saying, why with the Leva stuff? I'm just going with what I've gone with the entire time. And you tell me any any close to justifiable rumor that you've heard at all that would tend to want to change or in this case tend to want to change my opinion just nothing so i guess that's why i'm still there quick break and we'll come back you and me on the other side of 239-1070 friday's show will get you set for as well mike chapel kyle Nettenrip, and matt taylor podcast 1075thefan.com gardner Minshew, colts quarterback from yesterday also a member of the podcast of this show generation 1075thefan.com back with you next Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. The Ride with JMV. This situation absolutely requires a really futile and stupid gesture be done on somebody's part. We're just the guys to do it. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Uh, let's do some calls at 239-1070 to close out this glorious program. Brian Adams Soul Asylum. That is your 2023 May the 26th Carb Day Entertainment. Get your tickets right now. I'm telling you, Brian Adams is going to be awesome. That one-night love affair from uh, the album Reckless. Tickets available right now, IMS.com. I mean, this is going to be legit. Who can you trust around here? The Smiley Bros have named me the best DJ in Indianapolis. Who can you trust on just how good? Just how enjoyable Brian Adams will be headlining Carb Day. And I bet you Soul Asylum, Perner, David Perner and Soul Asylum will be good too. But Brian Adams presently on tour playing large arenas around the country will make a stop at Carb Day May the 26th. And uh, you can get your tickets for that right now. That's IMS.com. IMS. Com. I was trying to think about this the other day. I really have never bailed to go see one of these shows. I did go backstage with Neil Sean of Journey, and I did have to go and try to check out how many people were there. 75,000 was the estimation back for the 100th running of the greatest spectacle in racing. Remember Journey? Like 75,000 for that. I remember a time when I'd have to look this up, and I probably easily could right now, too. Uh, Fred Snyder, B-52s. 
Played there once upon a time. It was kind of an odd combination with the B-52s, if I remember correctly. And then in the rain, this goes back a number of years. I think I was on the other station. I did a show at um, Dawson's on Main. And it was wild. Very entertaining show. And the late great friend of the show, Robin Miller, was with us. And uh, he brought over, as as Robin normally does, I think A.J. Foyt was going in to eat dinner, and he got and stopped A.J. Foyt to eat dinner. I think Mario Andretti was in there, too. It was it was really awesome. There, there might have been uh, from some really overzealous celebrators there. That was before I was at the other station, so I couldn't. This station would not allow me to go and do a live show there, so I did the live show at Dawson's on Main. There were some body shots involved and things like that with people in there. I believe that that was Stone Temple Pilots when it rained on that Carb Day Friday. And uh, the late Scott Weiland and Stone Temple Pilots. That was one of the more memorable, at least in somewhat recent history, Carb Day acts that you saw in Stone Temple Pilots. It seemed like even in the rain, everybody really did enjoy that. But I promise you, in a JMV guarantee, and nobody knows more about what you're going to enjoy in music than I do here. And I, I wear that crown and understand the responsibilities with it here. You will love it. It's not like when I normally say it doesn't matter. You're going to be crap hammered anyway. Whatever. No, that's not that. This is going to be enjoyable. Crap hammered or not, you're going to love this. Uh, tickets on sale, IMS.com. Carb Day 2023. Soul Asylum and headliner Brian Adams. And there's your JMV guarantee. Uh, Nate Thomas chimes in here. More and more, I'm thinking it's a giant smokescreen. If Stroud and Young are off the table, I will not be surprised to see Ballard trade down for next year's draft and get Hooker from Tennessee instead. I would be, at this point, I would be, Nate, incredibly surprised if they punted like that in that fashion. I would. I'd be very surprised. And see, and Mike brought up the whole scenario of, well, you know, play this year and, you know, go into the draft and get your quarterback next year. Well, you're at number four right now. Are they going to be with, with Minshew or are they – they're going to be back at number four or higher next year. Can you count on that? I mean, they'll win enough games not to have an opportunity to go do it next year. It just seems like now that you're here. So while you're here, stake your claim to somebody that you trust, that you believe in. And I guess that begs the question, all right, so what if you don't believe in anybody? And that's Nate where what you're talking about could end up being accurate. I just don't have the belief of, well, you wait again, you'll just you know push it again until next year. Don't think that could happen. Uh, JMV, uh, Bill Simmons, you were mentioning Music Box on HBO. He also did the Andre the Giant documentary. 
on ESPN a while back, and that was fantastic. And oftentimes, too, these documentaries, especially these sports documentaries, the reason why you like one over the other is because, you know, of your favorite team or your favorite content. You know, I've mentioned before, too, the NC State one from 83 when they won the national titles among my favorites. You know, most of you are going to talk about the Knicks and the Pacers, the Hicks versus the Knicks one. That was very good. Probably they did two of them. There was like a sequel too, um, and he follows me, and I follow him. Billy Corbin, who is a, a noted director, did both the Miami Hurricanes ones. I, I liked um, the initial one is what I like better. I like the first Miami Hurricanes and all that was going on in Miami, because you know obviously he also did he also did the. Um, I can't think of it right now what it is. Oh, Cocaine Cowboys. He did Cocaine Cowboys about Miami, too, which was a very good documentary. And there was also a sequel to that one. But uh, the Miami Hurricanes one, that initial one with Howard Schnellenberger and Jimmy Johnson, you know, through Dennis Erickson, that is one of my all-time favorites in terms of 30 for 30s. Uh, Bill Richardson, who owns Mallow Run Winery, says my first concert was Brian Adams, 84. Telling you it's going to be worth the time and the effort coming up on the 26th of May. Hey, speaking of IndyCar coming up this weekend, it is probably the second most popular race. Maybe not. Maybe it's Iowa. But probably the second most popular race is going to be that street course in Long Beach coming up this weekend. So that is a Sunday start right here. Was it 3 o'clock here locally? I think noon on the West Coast. The Long Beach Grand Prix, which should be outstanding. It always is. It's probably, you know, among those not in the 500 category, it is probably the most popular. I don't know. Maybe you like Barber which is also coming up. Uh, consider Iowa. Maybe it's mid-Ohio for you. Now maybe it's the Obamarito race that goes on uh, over in uh, East St. Louis. Well, it seems like Long Beach is historically and annually at the top of your list. Hey, JMV, pick anyone. Just don't waste your money on Lamar unless you land him at the price of a high backup, yet none of that, Brian, is going to happen. And they're going to draft somebody. Yeah, none of that part is going to happen. That is absolutely over and done with. Sean chimes in with this. The level of apathy is still way too high for me right now. I really don't care. Tired of losing. Don't think that there is a good answer or a resolution. And that's why many would suggest, many would tell you right now that in terms of teams that go in, and regardless of what they have done in free agency, regardless of what has transpired in this draft upcoming, this Colts team will go into this season as one of the more uninteresting among the NFL teams until they prove that particular title wrong. There's no doubt about that. So when we talk about get a little bit of juice, find a little bit of juice, uh, they presently do not have that, regardless of how you look at it. That is also true. 
Yeah, and Eric chimes in, Catholics versus convicts, and that 30 for 30 was solid, too. You know, even beyond the ESPN stuff, HBO, HBO comes up with a great, and I mean great stuff, and the, the McEnroe and Borg one, Fire and Ice, incredible stuff right there. Incredible. 239-1070, before the break, Todd's going to jump on here. Hello, Todd, how are you? John, hey, hey, hey! Are you on the Lamar Jackson bandwagon? No, yeah, no, no. You know what? And it, it's funny as far as content is concerned and interest. I would love to be able to utilize it because I, I just can't sit here three hours a day and BS everybody talking about something that's that ridiculous and isn't going to happen. I mean, we do that enough in terms of you know what we believe is going to happen in this draft because we don't know. But it would be very disingenuous of me to sit here and talk about Lamar Jackson when there's no chance of that happening of course hey um hey i'm uh piggyback real quick also off the brian adams thing you ever see this is right up your alley there's a movie called night in heaven um they had the uh is that christopher Ad- is that christopher atkins yeah, for, yeah from blue lagoon and mm-hmm. then um Le- one of the leslie ann leslie ann um, warren yes she was she was rocking back then too <laughs> she was she was his teacher right wasn't she exactly his teacher right. and he was the trying to earn money uh, for college or something, uh, high school, yeah, Chippendales uh, dancing time. He was like Magic Mike before Magic Mike, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, so but uh, but but Brian Adams uh, did the. Uh, I think it was called Heaven, but the movie was called Night in Heaven. Yes, but I but I think the song he did that was like the uh, the show's theme was there is, a song called Heaven. Yep, you're known, you're right. That's yeah. from Brian Adams too. The the noted song in that, and it's. Not a one-hit wonder, but a two-hit wonder. It was an emotion and obsession, I believe, was the major, the major song. And that I don't know why, because I haven't seen it in forever. I just know some of the bits and pieces of it, but I do know what you're talking about. We digress. Um, so when the, when the, when the musical chairs of quarterbacks, uh, <laughs> music stops. If if they don't like Richardson and he's what's left, do you see him going with Anderson? I I would not be shocked. I don't see it happening. I mean, I can't tell you right now, Todd, I see that happening. But, yeah. I mean, nothing like that would shock me in terms of who we're dealing with here with Chris Ballard. It, it just wouldn't. Because you know by now uh, what he does value and you know that he doesn't want to, you know, give too much credit to overvalue just like he doesn't want to overpay on things, or at least he, he would appear not to want to overpay on things. We've talked about that before. So no, that would not surprise me in the least. That's not what I believe they're going to do, but it certainly would not surprise me. Well, does he know exactly what Carolina, Houston, and Arizona are doing? I would say, I would say yes. I mean, people will say no, but I'm going to say yes, because here's why after every draft, one of the first things asked is, hey, were you surprised, you know, that pick was there? Were you surprised you were available? <laughs> and they inevitably say, no, that's how we had our board going. We had yeah. our board going that way. So either they're completely BSing us or they know for the most part what's going to happen. And that's one of the reasons why, and I told my chapel this, Todd, in closing, I told him that one of the reasons why I believe that it's going to be Levis at number four is because you haven't heard anything whatsoever. Um, Even in these rumors, 
that would not even come from the Colts. You haven't heard anything. And my belief is that they know that they can get Levis at four regardless of what takes place before them. And that's what they're comfortable in doing because they have been comfortable in him for a while. That could be wrong, but that is my educated opinion. Roger that. Hey, hey buddy, I'll catch up, man. See ya. Thank you, Todd. Hey, Hub said this, and if anybody knows about the two best reasons, it is Jeremy Hubble. Hub says the two best reasons to watch Clue was Leslie Ann Warren. Indeed. (laughs) Quick break. We'll come back with your final time. Set the stage for our week finale coming up tomorrow, 3 until 6. 93.5107.5 The Fan. The Ride with JMV. Hey, my buddy, Swanson, full steam ahead. Over there. I want to go over there. I'll move over, Swanson. I'm driving. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. 13-0 on this season. The Tampa Bay Rays. That is a tying mark for the Major League record post-1900. Uh, we really got to go back before the 1900s right here? We can go back to the 1884 St. Louis Maroons of the Union Association. (laughs) Or we could go to the modern day 13-0 starts with the 82 Atlanta Braves and the 87 Milwaukee Brewers. The Rays reached that mark with a 9-3 win earlier this afternoon. Seven-run fifth inning was the difference in that game over the Boston Red Sox. Man, the Rays just, whatever happens, just keep on grinding out winners down there. And they had 21,000, which is a lot for them, but not a lot for a team that has been that good. But 13 in a row today for the Rays, and that's a big deal right there. That's pretty awesome. I vaguely remember... Maybe not as much 82 with the Braves as I do 87, the Brewers. Hey, by the way, baseball tonight, Reds at home versus the Phillies. That's a 640 start. Lodolo gets the ball for the Reds this evening. Uh, Cardinals, Pirates for St. Louis. That's 745 this evening. Uh, Kind of a light schedule in Major League Baseball. Uh, One other afternoon game in the books, the Orioles and eight. Seven winner over the Athletics yesterday. So there you go. See if the Reds four and seven on the season. Meantime, the Phillies are are they four and eight? Not a great start there either. But uh, the Reds six games have been lost by virtue of their bullpen, which is exactly what Lance McAllister talked about when he was on the show with us a couple of days ago which may have been yesterday. Was it Tuesday or yesterday? I can't remember. Yeah, Tuesday. It was Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday. So if you missed that, it was really good. And I was kind of inspired on Monday night by a string of text or check that tweets from Lance McAllister about that very thing. We brought him on. He was really good. I remember those tickets, Brian Adams, Soul Asylum, Carb Day. We'll be out there with you as well. IMS.com. Get yours for Carb Day 2023 today. My thanks to Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts. Two weeks from tonight, that special 7 o'clock start show, and we are going to find out exactly what the Colts are going to do in round number one. That is two weeks from tonight with Matt and Rick and Joe Wrights. Should be fantastic. 
Also, Kyle Nedenrip of the Star talked about a variety of things on the high school level with us. To get to Harrison and McCutcheon getting booted out of their conference at a later date with him. And Mike Chappell of CBS 4 and Fox 59 fighting off squirrels on his front porch. James, great job out of you. Tomorrow begins at 3, another day. Do not miss it. Shout out to the lounge, too. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Have a great night.